Hello and welcome to Starkcast. I'm Joe Stark, and today I am hanging out with my good friend James Wetzel. What is up, dude? How's it going, Joe? It's going really well. Sweet. Now we finally got this fucking show on the road. <laughs> windows. Yeah, yeah, windows, right? <laughs> yeah, so my lesson is I should have saved up and bought a Mac That's because right. this thing's fucking annoying. <laughs> That's right. Especially since we're sitting in front of a beautiful iMac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe next time I just bring my mics and you just record it. <laughs> I just bring mics and a flash drive. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> So how you been, dude? Pretty good. Yeah. That's, that's been awesome. Hanging out. A lot of big changes in your life. I got to go to your wedding recently. That was so much fun. That was fun. Uh, props to Hancher Auditorium for their awesomeness. Yeah. It was very cool. It was a neat setting. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool place. <laughs> Couldn't believe all the stairs in that place. When you go up to the very tippy top and you look down, it was like dizzying. Yeah. I don't go up there because <laughs> I want to jump down. So <laughs> I know I wouldn't survive that that is weird right yeah. when you get to a really high place like that and there's like almost a little voice in the back of your head that's like do what it would be like to jump yeah jump off do some charles bronson shit and jump mm-hmm. off and grab a tree yeah no i it, yeah you know if i could i think that out in the woods occasionally and Absolutely. i'm like that would be a terrible fucking idea to pop in my head well you know they're called uh intrusive thoughts oh is that what that's called yeah i mean maybe i'm getting out of my expertise in life or whatever but uh that's the idea is that your brain is warning you of the dangers like if you're at the top of the stairs and there's a baby in a stroller you might think oh, i could just push that baby down the stairs <laughs> i've never thought this i've read about this right 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 but uh, with you. yeah yeah the thing is you're not supposed to uh, act on it you're just supposed to be aware of it you're just supposed to be aware i could do this so i need to be ready in case someone tries to push my baby down the stairs okay so it's almost like your brain just puts that thought there just as a a way so you can acknowledge it and also acknowledge like okay this would be bad acknowledge the risk (laughs) and um you know prepare for it yeah wow so is it so don't let it give you anxiety (laughs) so as advanced as our brains get we still have lots of idiots around us yeah exactly you never know a tree could (laughs) fall on your car or you could just flip the wheel a little bit and drive right into the bridge embankment. So, you know, <laughs> don't do that. That's what your brain is telling you. That's the PSA. Don't be impulsive. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> your impulses are, are teachers in a way, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so leading up to this, um, you had uh, you texted me yesterday. And so it was kind of cool that this came together so impromptu like this. Because, I mean, we've been talking for a while about doing another one of these, and these are some of my favorite podcasts, <laughs> getting to hang out and talk with you, you know? Yeah, yeah it's fun. And, and they're different in a way of a lot of the episodes, because majority of my stuff's done over Skype. Right. And so it's really cool to actually sit across from you and talk and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I know on that last episode, we talked quite a bit of political stuff. Yeah. And man, tis the, the time for that in America, because we are living in crazy times. Yeah. We are. And and you were so optimistic on the last show. And so now that we're we're deeper into this debacle yep. of a presidency, yep. how are you feeling about it now? Well, I'm still optimistic, um, but <laughs> it is... You're a trooper then. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> well, you know, it is... Uh, it's... Yeah, you. I mean, what other choice do you kind of have? But also, I think there's good reasons to be optimistic. I think it's also disheartening how um you know kind of real it's been because the administration is 
having a tough go of it, you could say. Um, they are not able to get a lot of what they want to do done, which I think is a testament to the court system and, you know, the regular American out there that's been raising their voices and so on. Uh I liken it to I was playing euchre with my family, mm-hmm. and uh, we were trying to teach um, a couple of them how to play, and they kept breaking the rules. And uh, I was like, you know, we're we're kind of like the justice system, and you guys keep trying to, you know, <laughs> trump in when you have cards that you're supposed to uh, play. You know, you got to follow mm-hmm. suit. So they'll, they'll win something with a trump card. So yeah, of course, you could just play trump whenever you want and win the hand and win the game and haha how great are you but that's not the rules that's not the games we have set up and so obviously yes the donald trump could do whatever he wanted and how great would that be if you could just play whatever hand you wanted and win every hand and blah 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 that's not the system we have we've got checks and balances and rules to prevent people like donald trump from just taking everything that they want doing whatever they want without considering what anyone else wants mm-hmm. and so that's the system we have and the issue is that we have a president that does not respect, and none of the people around him, it seems, respect that boundary. They don't think that there should be a boundary, and they're upset that there is one, right? Uh-huh. And so they're constantly pushing against it. I mean, we see this all the time with the travel ban, with the um, this, what's his, voter fraud commission they just shut down. Oh, okay. They shut it down because a court ruled that they need to share all of their data with Democrats, uh-huh. and rather than share that data, they shut the whole thing down. Wow. Yeah, and it's just, okay, well, that's a weird thing to do. You know, you shouldn't look at Democrats as an enemy if you're a Republican, and you shouldn't look at Republicans as an enemy if you're a Democrat, and that's sort of the problem we have in our politics today, I think, is that we really view each other as enemies. I do. I think you're right on the money right there. Yeah. And, and it's it's just this desperate clinging to this team mentality. Yeah. Exactly. To where if it's not on our team, it must be bad. Yeah. And that's, and, yeah. And they, I mean, anybody who's been in a successful personal relationship for a long time knows that it takes compromise. Exactly. For, especially for opposing viewpoints. You, you can't just, you know, barricade yourself behind your ideology. Right. And think that, anything positive is going to come out of it. You right. have to work together, especially when there's fucking millions of us in this country. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the problem. And, and it's like, if if you want one country for one person, then Donald Trump is your guy. And if you happen to be the person that wants what he wants or thinks they want what he wants, right, then he's your guy. Yeah. And that's about, what, 30% of the country at this point that wants exactly the country that, you know, a giant wall around the border, you know, whatever, get all the immigrants out, everybody speaks English, looks the same, whatever. If that's what you want, then then that's Donald Trump is your guy because that's totally what he's saying, you know. We uh-huh. got to we got to do this, do whatever. And there's some nice people in the Nazi party, you know. <laughs> that, that's the fact that that shit in what was that North Carolina yeah, with Charlottesville. The, the, the tiki yeah, torches yeah. Yeah, idiots South Carolina. And yeah. he didn't come out and immediately just yeah. say this is fucked up. This is not America. Like, uh, yeah, he flubbed uh, it. It was oh the easiest. God. Yeah, you're right. right. Yeah, he's, yeah. but it, you know, he, he can't. What can he do? That's his base. I know, and that's the fucked up part. Yeah, right, right. 
Because by saying nothing, he is saying something. Or, yeah, course, or even the weird shit he's like, we're going to look at both. Didn't he say something like, we have to look at both sides of the issue or something? There's good people on both sides, yeah. Something like that. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. If you get a fucking swastika <laughs> tattoo on you and you're not Buddhist, you're an yeah. asshole. Yeah, right, okay. right. Yeah, right. No, and that's that's the issue is that he's pushed the conversation so that Nazis are not that fringy. You know, that's where our politics is, is that, no, the Nazis feel like they can, they have a voice now. They can say something. They can come out. Instead, it's been for the last, what, 70 years that we've suppressed those people to force them in their little holes where they belong, right? Yeah. And they've been able to crawl out and then join together in a group on a public sidewalk to say, hey, guess what, folks? We're here, you know? And it's like... Oh dear, you know that's where we're at. That mm-hmm. that the Nazis are starting to, because you worry, like you worry yeah, that you this do. is a starting point, and that movement will grow and grow and grow and grow, and then well, how do you, how do you suppress a violent movement? You, you can't. You can't unless because you, if if you allow these things out into the light, if right. you allow it to become commonplace, if you allow people to become complacent to, oh yeah, it's just neo Nazis. Yeah, right, right. It's like no, 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 no. That needs to be looked at as an abhorrent thing. Yeah, no, because they will act out violently that's what their whole thing is and the only way to stop that is with violence at that point and so you you don't want it to get there you don't want that movement to grow enough that you have to put it down with violence or you know risk being you know a victim yourself or whatever so you just yeah it's bad news and that's the worry about someone like trump in office is that he will sort of even if he doesn't intend to, you know, some people can say, well, he doesn't know what he's doing or give him some benefit of the doubt or something. It may be true that he doesn't, maybe maybe we think it's going to be worse than it is and he thinks it's not as bad as it is and we're overblowing it and maybe he's not, you know, and you can see that. But it's like, do you really want to play with that? You know, because... Yeah, it, it's a it, super dangerous game because yeah, yeah, yeah. in a way he's legitimizing it. Yeah, totally. And from the highest office in America, he's Well, he's creating it. a team. Yeah. And right? It's, that it, people want to join. Exactly. And so if people join that team, once they join, it's really hard for you to be like, okay, I'm no longer a Chicago Bears fan. Mm-hmm. That's never going to happen <laughs> to me, you know? It's like, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, if you're a Packers fan, it's like the Bears suck, you know? Yeah. Or vice versa. And it's just that will, if you grew up in Wisconsin, it's going to be, you know... Even if you move to Chicago, you're going to be that jerk with the Green Bay Packer jersey on at the <laughs> stadium. You know what I mean? So it's like you don't want to create a team of Nazis. Yeah. Because then there's a team of Nazis and they're not going to just not be a team overnight, you know? Yeah. So it's it's a challenge. And that's why I think that's why a lot of political people just do not like President Trump on a personal level, but also don't respect what he's doing and don't respect him as the president in terms of... He's not leading the country. He's creating this boiling mess of just like hatred and animosity towards each other because he's forcing people onto teams and those teams, even if those people are the same people, right? They're on different teams and that's creating a, uh, not a good system. Yeah. I don't know. And, And kudos to you that you're able to wade into these comments sections (laughs) <laughs> on Facebook and like have like and just like stick to the facts and stuff because every t- and like I try and just scroll past them. I really do. Yep. But I find myself clicking on them and reading through the comments. I rarely ever contribute because if I did, I wouldn't be able to get past. How about Trump's a cunt? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
It's like, I just, I can't. Right. It's like, at this point, I've become too emotional with it to where it makes me angry. You are on on anti-Trump team. I I, I really am. Exactly. And it's it's purely down to, I don't like how he's playing it. I don't like that. Yeah, of course. I don't like that he... He's a cheater. Yeah, well, he managed to become more divisive after he won. Right, right. And he's just seemingly acting so immature for a man that's in his 70s. Right. And has as much power as he has. He is right. dangerously immature. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's embarrassing. It's uh, it's not good. And you know, and so well, that's Trump. I love that about him. It's like, okay, well, really, like, yeah, we've all worked with people like Trump, and we all hate people like Trump. You know, <laughs> they are they take everything. They help no one except their own image. They're not even useful in any way right Mm -hmm. and that's what he is as a president he's this loud obnoxious man that is just sort of you know i i don't know it's like he would never exist in a company like today he would never be a successful person if he hadn't inherited a quarter of a billion dollars from his dad there's no way he would be what he is yeah there's just no way i've Stephen Miller this morning called him a self-made billionaire or whatever, and it's you can't be self-made if you inherited a quarter of a billion dollars. Indeed, right? You know that's not what self-made means. <laughs> and yeah, he's run a successful business, you could say. How successful is it? Well, I don't know. We don't know. We yeah, we honestly don't know. He's got a bunch of buildings with his name on it, but we know that he doesn't build those buildings. He just licenses his name because his whole thing is his brand. So then, what is you know? And he won't release his tax returns, which that's troubling to me, right? And that's an annoying thing to say because people keep saying it, and so you know, there's just this oh tax returns. Okay, yeah, it is annoying, but it also is like, why won't he? And you really, there is a question there, why won't he? And the yeah. question is, he's probably not as worth, he's not. Pro- he's probably not worth as much as he says, and that's why people want to put his name on their buildings, is because he's this image of success and alpha male and whatever. But if, if he's not that, if the emperor has no clothes, then his whole brand Ivanka Trump, that John Jr., everybody, the whole thing comes down, right? Yeah. He loses any leverage over having his name on any building, which is how he gets his income, because those buildings in the Trump Tower in Chicago, right, they're paying him X number of dollars a month or a year or whatever to have that name on that building, right? And it's still valuable to that company, apparently, right? And how is that? After he's made such a colossal ass of himself on a world stage, how is his name still worth anything? Well, there's still 30% of folks that love the guy, you know? But the other thing is... The there are a couple of buildings that have taken his name down. Yeah. So you know, I, how long will he be able to? You know, will Trump Soho? Well, Trump Soho's dead, but uh, you know, Trump Tower in Chicago. How long will his name be on that? I don't know, man. I assume there's a contract and that they have to keep it there a certain number of years or months that would or whatever. Make sense. And so uh, maybe it isn't as valuable to them anymore. But they can't just take the name off because they have a contract. Again, I don't know any of... I'm just completely speculating about that. But it seems reasonable that a company wouldn't be able to just take Trump's name off the building unless there was a pretty good reason. So. Mm -hmm. I'm not... I don't imagine they just have it on there because they want to at this point. (laughs) I mean, it just seems like the, the people that are most stoked on Trump seem to be 
and this sounds pretentious to say it, but seem to be the people that are maybe less educated, maybe tend to be a little bit more on the racist side. But, you know, I I, I don't know. It seems like a lot more of the people I know are anti-Trump than the people who are stoked on him. Right. Yeah. And it the, the well, one thing that I always want to ask more people, people hate him than it, love him. Right? Okay. Well, yeah. there you go. Yeah. And so it's like the one thing I want to ask the supporters is like, how after all this can you still be on his side? Well, and that's a good question. But if everybody looks inside themselves, everybody will find a part of them that likes Trump. <laughs> <laughs> like if you really think you know there's some things that you oh he's kind of you know you can kind of see maybe maybe you're like you're out of your mind James. <laughs> no i there was before he did before he ran for president before he was actually elected yeah and then started acting like this and right. portraying america like this to the world right, right and like casually talking about nuclear war yeah right, and shit right, like right, that right. and before all these things happened, I thought Trump was funny. Yeah, right. No, of course. When he had his feud with Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, right. The, I, thought, laughing. I thought I right. thought that shit was hilarious because it's like, don't like, why would you go and attack this guy right. who his? He, I mean, he's immediately going to take the gloves off and say the most horrific shit about you, and he was doing that to yeah, Rosie yeah, O'Donnell. Yeah. Right. And and to me, it was funny that he was doing it to Rosie because I'm not a big fan of her. I think yeah, sure. You know, it's yeah, whatever. And so that was funny to me. But then when you're doing this with my country, yeah, no, right, and making us look like this in the eyes of the world, then it right. becomes disgraceful to yeah, me. Yeah, right, right, right. And that's and that's exactly right. And there's some people that suppress that, the part that they like about him, you know, and that's what I'm doing, <laughs> and that's what you're doing is we're like, okay, it's kind of funny, but knock it off, you know. Well, yeah, I'm getting tired of it. You well, know? it'd be funny if you were still the guy who ran the Apprentice. Yeah, right. You know, right. that's that's funny then. Yeah, right, but right. but when you're the president, right. it's like, dude, you can't be tweeting weird shit and yep. stuff. It's just it's and not it's unbecoming. Now, of the office. here's the thing: is if if you look at the at any time anyone criticizes the president that is a supporter, it is. Stop tweeting. That's the only criticism I hear of him mm-hmm. at this point is stop tweeting. Stop tweeting, stop tweeting, stop tweeting. And that's an interesting thing to me because, you know, he'll say that that's how he get communicates to his people, right? But his people are saying, uh, don't do that. <laughs> I don't need you to do that. You don't need to be tweeting those things. So my question is, why does he tweet? Because... He's doing it for a reason, and it's not because, in my opinion, it's not because he's a ridiculous idiot that doesn't understand what's going on. My opinion is he's doing it as a distraction, and I think he does it to... He's going to be president for four years. Great, you know? So he tweets out stuff to keep the news cycle a mess, to create chaos, to create confusion, to get people talking about nonsense, because his tweets are nonsense. He tweets all that stuff out. The media talks about his tweets as if it's the most important thing of the day. Mm-hmm. Nobody hears that he completely rescinded all the protections on all the coastlines. So anybody can now drill oil anywhere along the coast, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows that. And therefore, he wins, right? Or at least his agenda wins. Because they're so busy talking about his nonsense that they're the, the really dangerous shit that he's doing is they're flying under the radar. They're into things that would make people mad. Yeah. And so, yeah, we can get upset about his tweets and make fun of him. Ha ha. How stupid is the president, right? But the thing is, the president is not there to be smart or clever or whatever. He's there to sign the conservative agenda into law. Yeah. And, and that's that's his job and that's his role. And that's why conservatives prop him up is because he's an idiot 
because he's the one on their team that's going to help them pass their agenda. Yeah. And to them, that's and more important than the fact that he's tarnishing, yeah, you exactly. know, uh, the right. America on it's a, a world stage. Because, yeah, they, they are. They're thinking of, of a short game. That's right. It's a short-term thing. They're not trying to imagine how to keep the country running for another 200 or 400 years. Same thing with the climate change. You're like, wow, okay, if the globe warms a degree in the next 100 years, who cares? Well, maybe there's not a planet in 500 years. Maybe there's not a planet in 1,000 years, right? Mm-hmm. And you are ignoring that part of it, right? Because, yeah, nobody's saying that the world's going to end in 100 years. What we're saying is that it could become unsustainable for a 1,000 years down the road. And yeah. we have no other option. Earth yeah. is the only planet. <laughs> that, right. Right? And so do we want humans, do we want America to be the best country on the planet in a 1,000 years still, you know, or 500 years? So I think a lot of people aren't considering that. But anyway, the the, the Twitter sideshow is a sideshow i think it's complete nonsense it has no impact on anything except to make people mad and confused and that's exactly what the president wants and that's exactly what conservatives want because and when i say conservatives i mean the conservative party that's actually you know making these laws or whatever um i don't use it as a derogatory you know because some people say conservatives liberals but the, the conservative party that's putting this these someone's writing these laws that he's signing right and yeah so who's writing these you got the lobbyists you got the uh think tanks you got the whoever they're writing this stuff they're pushing it out he's signing it he's definitely not contributing to it on an intellectual level we know that right mm-hmm. he, i mean he is not a bright person which is okay he gets people he's a great salesman he's a great scam artist i would say because he tells people exactly what they want to hear yeah he knows exactly what to say to make people question Maybe he's right, you know. He creates this perfect doubt, you know. It gives him this way out. He's very good at that because that's how he runs his business. It's this image thing because he knows it doesn't matter, right? He's never going to put pen to paper and have to solve a physics problem. You know, that's never going to be his job. (laughs) Yeah. He's never going to have to actually build a building and make sure it stands. He's going to hire someone, pay them 20% less than he promised, right? Pocket the difference. (laughs) And, you know, be like, oh, well, you know, we had to cut the budget a little bit. That's been his, you know, modus operandi for his whole career is to just, you know, promise people, under-deliver, and profit. And that's his whole thing, you know? And it's he's fucking gross. It's totally gross. And that's what, you know, the, the banks and, like, anybody that has followed and looked into his business, you know, history... We'll see his series of financial fails, his yeah. bankruptcies. Bankruptcy after over, bankruptcy. Over and over, right? Because he's a bad businessman. But he doesn't care about being a good businessman. He just cares about having his name on a plane, <laughs> right? So that he can tell the world he's a great businessman. And so in the 90s, the early 2000s, right, he couldn't get financing anymore. The banks would not loan him any money for any more projects because he has this history of bankruptcies, right? Mm-hmm. And when he goes into bankruptcy, he wins. That's what people don't understand. The bank loses, he wins, right? Because mm-hmm. he'll, he'll just have these series of LLCs that go bankrupt. He shuts them down. Oh, well, discharge the debt. No problem. He profits the, he keeps the money that he profited personally, right? Because that's not touchable by the bankruptcy law. So then. He moves on, moves on, moves on. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to build a lasting enterprise other than his name, right? So all these casinos go down, all these hotels go down, all this stuff fails. So the bank stopped loaning to him. Well, what's he going to do now? So then he does the reality TV show, but then he goes to Deutsche Bank, right? And that's where he's in this problem now because the issue is that 
you know, and we can debate about how realistic this is, but the hypothesis is that he's involved in money laundering with the Russians, right? Which real estate is a very good vessel for money laundering. There were Russians in Trump Tower that were arrested and convicted of money laundering in the building that he lives in, right? Or lived in. And mm-hmm. so, uh, and then there's that mysterious $100 million sale to a Russian, you know, that house in Miami that he bought for $50 million and sold for $90 million or whatever to a Russian guy. And everybody's uh-huh. like, uh, where'd that $40 million go? You know, like, yeah. how did that happen? And then the guy just tore the building down, you know, tore the house down. And so it's just, there's a lot of weird things there. So the question is, you know, is he really that honorable of a guy? I don't think so. He's cheated on his wife countlessly right he's mm-hmm. been married three times he's he's not an honorable person in my opinion it's been you know there's so many stories about how gross he is as a human being you know yeah and he cheats on his friends with their wives tries to tries to go after their wives you know is a game that's a game to him right so it's just yeah he's not a good person no and he's not someone to look up to but the way that a trump supporter um Will or you know anybody who thinks maybe he's doing a good job will rationalize it is like hey we need someone like that to you know bash some skulls together mm-hmm. we need someone like that that's a little more ruthless there's this alpha male type A personality that doesn't take any BS and just goes in there knocks some heads the problem is that's not really who Trump is he's not good at that right mm-hmm. he's he's good at just yelling and making people do what he wants because he holds the money bag over them right. And so he gets people that are powerless, he stands over them, he forces them to do something. If he doesn't, they get gets rid of them, you know. And that's not a leader. That's, you know, that's like the opposite of a leader. That's a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it's a pharaoh, you know. It's it's this evil overlord fascist man that's just Yeah. So I think he's a bad person on a personal level. You know, he doesn't raise his kids. Like, he's been an absent father, they say, you know, growing up. He doesn't change diapers, that kind of stuff. He's not a loving person. So he's not someone that you should look up to or model your life after. After, um, What is the uh, the seven deadly sins? He hits every one he of them. He hits every one of them. Every yeah. single one of them. Lust, gluttony, greed. And all the things that you should not do and that's what really blew my mind that the like the conser- the christian conservatives were backing him up the evangelicals were backing him up and it's like this is not no a guy sense. this yeah. isn't a person who talked about god until he was running for president because on you know that's just one of the things that's like uh, seemingly a requirement i mean know, we haven't had an uh, an out in the spotlight atheist as a president yet and we're probably still a ways away from that yeah but it- there's and there's no way that he's ever read the Bible. <laughs> you know, like, there's no way he actually believes not, in any of it. He's but. not a, a religious man. And <laughs> he he's not a spiritual person, and he doesn't help people. You know, that's not been his thing. And he says he's going to. He's I'm looking out for you. I'm going to help you in this whole thing. That okay. Well, why didn't you do that your whole life? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you take care of your employees or the contractors who built those buildings and made you so rich? You know, why don't mm-hmm. you take care of? No, he's done the opposite. He's been hacking these people down at the knees ever since he's been in business. So this is not a guy that... I mean, he'll tell you exactly what you want to hear, right? And mm-hmm. he's perfect at it, and you believe him, right? Believe me, you know, he says that all the time. But you, it's starting to... And this is where the media... Why he's going after the media, and in particularly, or in particular, he's going after CNN. I don't know if you've noticed this. Yeah. But all of his little memes on Twitter going after CNN... And it's because you've got 
Fox News on the on the right, MSNBC on the left. CNN is where uh, there's a nice mix of Trump people and you know more liberal folks that watch it. Right? It's just the most watched network of those middle people, uh-huh. and he doesn't want that. Right? He wants to push more people to the Fox News. Discredit CNN. Discredit CNN because he knows that those people are not going to hop over to MSNBC, right? But if there's some right-leaning people watching CNN, discredit CNN, push them over to Fox News, and that's your tunnel vision, right? That's They don't even talk about other things going on that are in any way negative about the Trump administration. So if you can live in that tunnel where you never hear the bad things, then... That's going to help the president with his agenda. The problem is, is that strategy is not going to work, in my opinion. And he's trying, but I don't think it's going to work. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, but what a mess. Exactly. What a a mess. mess. What an embarrassment. Because it's the greatest country on earth, right? We should have the greatest person that our country has be the president. Some people will view Trump as the greatest person because how could you not? He's the he's the you know the perfect American. He lives at the top of a building that he lies about how many floors there are. You know, <laughs> in a golden palace, right, with a supermodel wife. You know, and you know he's a billionaire ten times over, according to him. And uh, that's the perfect man, right? That's the that's the American dream. It makes me sad that that's what people would aspire to, though. Right. It just it seems so shallow. It is, and it is. And the older you get, the more you realize either, you know, maybe I'm not going to be a billionaire, which is okay. But it's also like, you, what do you really need in life to be happy? You're living on a rock in space for a hundred years tops, you know, and it's probably almost over, right? You know, like, what are you really, what are you focusing on right now? Yeah, Where are I mean, you, putting you, your, you yeah, can't, right. you can't take your yacht with you when you die. You're right, of course not. And stuff. In, in, right. in my mind, it seems like, okay, and I'm going to get a little bit deep on you here. Yeah, I'm ready. So, okay, <laughs> if we are beings of energy, yeah. right, and we know that energy doesn't go away, yeah, it right. just changes, changes forms and whatnot, right. and with what happens when you dream and stuff like that, who's to say that some imprint of your mind doesn't live on is energy somewhere. And all that you have is what's in your mind. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a person who just lived in this constant state of paranoia and just clinging to things and whatnot, what sort of shit are you going to take with you after that? What's like, what it's hard for me to explain, but it's almost like, did you see the movie? What dreams may come? Mm -mm. Okay. It's this really rad Robin Williams movie. It's, got a lot of sad parts and it has a strong ending okay but basically when he dies he just kind of goes to like what his dreams were yeah you know and yeah. then like there's you know the different realms and stuff and different people can touch each other and go into their you know their other people's things and stuff and who's to say it's not something like it? who's to say that the afterlife isn't something that you create in your mind and it has something to do with your mental state and stuff like that yeah and so for me it's always just seemed like the the here and now is so temporary and so mm-hmm. it's super important to try and live in balance mm-hmm. and if you're living outside of balance and that means maybe your afterlife is going to be chaotic yeah and i don't know this is a huge tangent from what we yeah. were talking about but i mean it's just it just seems strange to me when when people cling to such shallow things i feel like they're missing the point yeah and, well, and that's one of those dark sides of america and and capitalism that bums me out is that it's like those things are propped up as being important right you know, having having the newest fanciest car, right? And, of course, and yeah. projecting an image, exactly. And and that's just fucking bullshit. Yeah, me. your brand. Yeah. Well, I was walking through Costco like I 
and want to do, right? <laughs> and uh, we were in line, and there's hundreds of people, hundreds of people, all checking out. And there's this crew of amazing people checking everyone out, right? They're super fast, super fast, super fast, right? And then there's this cool little device that they go out, they scan your card, scan your stuff while you're standing in line so that when you get up there, it's already been scanned, and then you just, boop, pay and get out. Mm-hmm. Amazing, right? And I'm looking around. These guys are getting $15, $20 an hour, right? Maybe a little more if they're lucky. It's good, a good paying job, right? And I'm like, these guys are sitting here working their butts off all day to help some guy who's not even around here get super rich. Yeah. Right? All these people working super hard to help someone get rich. I mean, that's what capitalism is. I have no problem with that. But we should recognize that's what's going on. <laughs> that's, you know, like, that's exactly the way. Dude, that's the way that I've always should have been describing it. It's because right. I... I have no problem with capitalism. Right. Capitalism's great. We wouldn't right. we wouldn't have these awesome microphones right. that we're talking yeah, into no, if it weren't for corporations and yeah. shit that were able to make these things and make them affordable. Right, right. And you know, so it is important to have these things, but right. at the same time, you've got to be aware that that is what That's is going what's on. Right. Yeah, because it changes the debate about well, should this person have health care? Should this person have health insurance? You know, it's like well, if they're if some guy is dedicating eight hours a day of his day to figuring out how to leverage a hundred thousand people to make him rich, okay, you know that's interesting. But maybe before we let him take a hundred thousand people to make him rich, maybe we say, okay, before before you do that, just make sure whatever idea you're coming up with can afford to not live on slaves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, can you can you create an idea that might be a little bit, you know, maybe it's a little more expensive to do, but all of your employees can go to the doctor if they get sick. You know, it's like the ruthless capitalism is bad because it if you have slaves or if you could force people to work for nothing, which you totally should if you are pure capitalist, right? Mm-hmm. Then, and, you know, the debate would be, well, they could go work for someone else. It's Their wages are set by the market. It's like, well, if everybody just decided, you know, not to pay anyone. Yeah. You know, it's like, but anyway, no, that, there's, that's, a, that's an interesting debate. But the point is that, um, you know, that, that's kind of a, a discussion that kind of separates a conservative from a more liberal person would be that the cur- conservative might say, well, the person could go get another job if they want one with benefits, you know, and the market will, you know, if they need good employees that they will. And it's like, well, on some level, you have to accept that not everyone's great, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is where I think that there's this weird disconnect between Republican GOP politics and the Christian conservative movement doesn't make a lot of sense to me because the teachings of Jesus and whatever and Christianity are that you're inherently broken. Like you're inherently, you know, you're a sinful person. You do stupid stuff. You're dumb and you can't do anything. You need Jesus, you know, to help you through Mm -hmm. right you need to ask for forgiveness all the time because you will screw up and we all do screw up right and so the other side of that coin is the gop of well it's your own fault you know and it's this weird like you are personally responsible for every one of your actions but then there's this other side that says well but when you screw up it's okay ask for forgiveness and move on and it's like okay well i kind of get that there should be this rinse and repeat there right it Mm -hmm. is your fault take responsibility ask for forgiveness move on to the next thing right but if you recognize that 
that will happen that people do screw up well then you know you it's you got to make sure that people have the ability to screw up in my opinion and that it doesn't end their existence or their life when they screw up you know because we all will screw up what does that mean how do we reflect that in our you know politics and how do we reflect that in our so you know if someone um you know, screws up and gets fired from a job because for whatever reason, maybe they got in an argument with an employee and they just couldn't let it go. And they say, okay, we got to like, you know, it's like, you. and then you realize like a week later, you're like, ah, that was really kind of, I was really <laughs> stupid there, you know? And then, yeah. but you, now you're a better person, right? Because you went through it. And exactly. Because so, you, know, you, you know, mistakes are the great teacher. Yeah, exactly. And so the question is then obviously that person probably will not get that job back, but in the meantime, they're stuck. So what do they do? They got to look for another job. Okay, well, do we do some sort of unemployment for them? You know, do we offer them insurance while they're, you know? And so that's where this, where the liberal conservative politics comes in, because maybe a more conservative people might say, well, it's their own fault. They got fired. So, ha, tough luck, you know? Good, you know, go find Jesus, ask for forgiveness, get back on your feet. It's going to be tough. That's what you get, right? You know, mm-hmm. that's your lesson, right? And the more liberal person might say, well, you know, they screwed up, but we're all, you know, kind of stupid. And wouldn't it have been nice when we screwed up if it wasn't that bad, you know? And we can yeah. learn, you know, so it's like, how bad did this, does the pain from the mistake need to be for you to learn from it? <laughs> you know, and so yeah. it's like, because if it's too, if the guy is a jerk, you know, it spouts off gets fired and then immediately benefits roll in then he's like nah it's their fault it's not my fault you know yeah maybe they didn't have that moment of introspection where they yeah. actually learn and grow as a human being and they just go on being a prick yeah exactly yeah <laughs> right and some people you know some people will no matter what you do be that type of person because of the way the brain is right constructed yeah. in their childhood and everything and without therapy you know there's a lot of uh, personality disorders that can't be dealt with medically like you can't take a medication or have a treatment you can try therapy you can have therapy with the relatives or the you know to people to be more understanding of the person with the disorder Mm -hmm. but you know some things you just can't change about a person so then what do they in our society what does that mean for them you know how do we deal with that do do they live on the street is that where they must go because they can't get a job and be a normal human being like i think about it all the time why am i not a billionaire yet if I'm so smart, right? <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's like this great question. It's like, well, maybe I'm not that, you know, and okay, well, what does that mean for me? Do, do I, will I never, you know, have it all and I'm just going to be fighting for every last thing my whole life, you know? And it's like, okay, is that what 150 million people go through every day? Yeah. And it's like, okay, if that's the case, then what is we, what do we do about it? Do we, you know, maybe this guy isn't going to be a, a doctor or a CEO or whatever. He's going to be a janitor or a school lunch provider or a whatever. Does that mean that they just have a miserable existence in the richest country on earth? Exactly. Existed? And that's one of those things that I have a problem with is right. the the axiom, well, the world needs ditch diggers. Yeah. It's like, well, guess what? The ditch diggers still need to be taken care of. Exactly. Because if you're telling me the world needs them. Right. And there's certain needs that every human being has. You got to be able to pay these people enough. Right. Especially people that have jobs that are going to destroy their bodies. Right. And like the the manual labor positions, you're going to pay them cheaply. Right. It's like these people are going to have back issues and shit when they get older and they're going to incur serious medical debts and stuff. 
Yep. And so, like, I think that ruthless capitalism is bad. Of course. And I also think that full-on socialism is bad and it has shown itself to be bad. Absolutely. And so I think it takes some sort of balance of the two. And if we're not willing to take care of each other, and especially pointing at conservatives, the the Christian ones, how can you call yourself a Christian and not want to take care of people? Right, right. How can you just hide behind, oh, well, the local church is going to take care of them? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, not everybody's going to go to church. Not in the- well, see, that's their own choice. That's their own fault. The <laughs> options are there for... Right, no, and if, if people, if we want to be free in the country, right, then we should be able to be free to not go to church if we don't want to and not be punished because we don't want to, right? And yeah. So, and so if someone said, well, you can get help if you just go to church, it's like, well, maybe someone just can't do that. If they can't bring themselves to be a part of that community, maybe they don't belong there. Maybe they're not, that's not their voice but um you know they need some sort of other way if we want to live in a free society but this is like why america is the greatest nation that has ever existed on the planet earth right is Mm -hmm. because if you look at russia and i hate saying that because that's what trump says well if you look at if you look at (laughs) if you look at great turn of phrase right if you look at russia vladimir putin he's been there for 20 years something like that almost and uh He's he's a president of, you know, this big country, and he's in charge of everything, and apparently he runs everything, or he's at least knowing about what's going on with everything. That's great until he dies. <laughs> power <laughs> right? vacuum. Exactly. That's what we call a power vacuum. Who takes his place? And the person that takes his place is probably not going to be as charismatic, as good at the job as ruthless or as you know he won't know how to apply the pressure he won't know the system as well because he wasn't he didn't create it himself right same thing happened in venezuela when hugo chavez died Mm -hmm. this other guy came in who's trying to be like hugo chavez but is not even close right not as charismatic can't you know and so it's a big mess over there same thing is going to happen with russia and you don't want that to happen right right now we've got donald trump (laughs) as president and his his administration of <laughs> you know this his gang of you know whatever who have never been in national politics it's just a bunch of newbies trying to figure this thing out which bless their hearts you know they're having a go of it but point is point is that our system will allow trump to go away at some point without a really big issue right without violence yeah. yeah without violence without a major i mean hopefully right mm. i mean we'll see what he could pull a roy moore and refuse to concede but um you know if if everything goes as planned after four years or eight years you know in my opinion he can't he shouldn't be impeached yet i mean of course he should be but <laughs> it's not gonna happen yeah no and and in my opinion the reason it shouldn't is because there hasn't been enough of a reason, in my opinion. And some people will be like, James, you're out of your mind. What, what do you mean? You know, But you don't want to just impeach some guy because you don't like him, right? That, that does a, set a bad precedent. That's a, such a terrible... Because like, Obama should have been impeached by that standard, right? Yeah. Because, oh, these guys just don't like him. They don't trust him and yada, yada, yada. He wasn't born in Kenya. Okay, or he was born in Kenya. <laughs> There's no evidence of that, right? But... At the same time, there's no evidence of this so-called collusion with Russia, right? But 
obviously there is, but <laughs> there's getting more and more every day. But anyway, the point is that until there's like a really clear, like, I don't want, I, I hate this, like, we got to impeach him. We got this constant, sort of devalues the impeachment process. It should really be saved for like a really bad, and he should be impeached because he's totally unqualified, right? But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, he was voted. And the people decided those qualifications were enough. And you can't silence those voices because you disagree with those qualifications, right? Yeah. And so, and that's the danger of some people think he's qualified. You don't. Okay. But this is a democracy, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, until we can convince 80% of the country that he's unqualified, I say keep the impeachment stuff quiet, right? But once, uh, once, I mean, I, at this rate, it's going to be 80% of the country thinks he's unqualified. So, you know, I'm not saying he should never be impeached. I'm saying at this point, he's probably, it's probably not to that level yet where mm-hmm. he should be. Now, uh, this Mueller f- f- person <laughs> <laughs> who is looking into all these crimes and stuff, right? He's already uh, got two guilty pleas from Flynn and Papadopoulos. He's already indicted two. Uh, senior officials from the campaign one of them who worked in the white house uh um what's his name george i don't follow it close enough george okay so there's paul it's too depressing to me so i just wait for people like you to explain it to me (laughs) so paul (laughs) paul manafort was the campaign chair right okay and the issue with paul manafort is that when he became the chair of trump's campaign to help them uh with the uh um nomination in the primary mm-hmm. so there was the convention and they wanted the everybody to vote for trump and there was this issue that they were going to get a lot of people that were going to refuse to vote for trump because they didn't like him right so there, there was a concern that even though trump won for example um the primary in wherever iowa or whatever i think ted cruz might have won iowa i'm not really can't remember but anyway if Trump had won Iowa, let's pretend, then those delegates went to convention and those delegates would have voted for Trump. But those delegates could vote for whoever they wanted, right? Mm-hmm. I believe that's the case. So there was this concern that uh, those delegates would vote for someone else, right? And then Trump just wouldn't get enough votes to be you know, nominated. And then the convention would choose who the nominee would be. And then everybody would... So Trump hired Paul Manafort, who had experience with this apparently um, in his past, to manage this process. Now, the issue is that Paul Manafort had been working with these Ukrainian folks, the separatists, the Russian separatists in Ukraine, trying to get Ukraine to become part of Russia and not part of NATO, which is a real issue if you're an American or a Westerner, because NATO is what separates Europe uh, from Russia and the United States, right? So you want NATO to be this strong thing. It's kept the peace for the last 70 years in Europe. Mm-hmm. This is the most amazing thing to me because in history, Europe is like constantly at war. <laughs> it really is, yeah. Right? And it's uh, this amazing feat, right? That Europe has not seen a war for 70 years, right? That's an, a supposedly an amazing feat, right? Mm-hmm. only 70 years only a human lifespan right has europe not seen a war and it's mm-hmm. just like that's okay so nato has done that apparently and that's uh, so anyway people that give the human race too much credit there you go with why we worry about someone like donald trump is that europe has been at war since <laughs> ever mm-hmm. until nato until the nuremberg trials until 
Western democracy really took off, right? So um, we really want to protect NATO. We really want to protect the United States and the the Western uh, democracies. So Paul Manafort had been sort of trying to undermine this by j- just for his own benefit to make money, right? To to uh, make money off of promoting Russian interests in Ukraine because uh, Viktor Yanukovych was U- the Ukrainian president. He was pushed out in big protests or whatever because he was just a stooge for Russia, right? Big deal. You know, his house had like golden toilets and llamas everywhere. It was this really weird thing. Like the whole citizenry ran into his estate and we're like, what? there's like peacocks and random, you know, all these exotic animals. This guy was nuts. But he was getting paid by Russia to just, you know, do the Russian bidding to not become part of NATO because that's what Ukraine was trying to do or part of the European Union. So um, uh, anyway, Paul Manafort got the the GOP convention, got the platform to drop giving weapons to the Ukrainian to fight against the Russian, the secret Russian invasion, right? Mm -hmm. Because the Russians weren't admitting that they were there. And he got the GOP platform to get rid of things that were counter to Russian interests. That was a big deal. That was a huge deal because the question is why, right? And it's because he was getting paid by Russia at that time to reduce those things in the platform of the GOP. So he's working counter to American interests on behalf of the Russians in the GOP platform yeah. to get that dropped. Okay? That's crazy. It's right? treasonous. Yeah, it's in a way it is technically treason would be, you know, in war you help the enemy. This could Okay, be, so it would it wouldn't technically be treason because yeah, it's not during it's, war time yeah, or something like okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe okay. not legally treasonous, but in colloquial <laughs> terms it's like a bad thing to do, right? <laughs> it's okay. counter to America. It's a, a conspiracy against the United States, maybe. I don't know. Um, the issue is that he wasn't being honest about why he did it. Let's put it that way. Okay. Right? He was not being honest about why he wanted to drop that. He wanted to drop it because he was getting paid to drop it, right? He had no interest in securing American interests in Ukraine. Because if he did, he would double it down, right? And the GOP knew that they had this in the platform. They are definitely against Russia. Most of them are, right? So the question is, why was he doing this, right? And it was to personally benefit. So then he ends up getting pushed out in August, something like that, several months after, a couple months after the convention, because of this, his closeness with Ukraine. And then there's this, whoa, he's getting paid by this, and all this starts coming out, and like, whoa, what's the deal? And so then Trump pushes him off mm-hmm. okay so the grand story here is that trump probably has no idea about any of this like he himself probably has no idea that he is being used okay <laughs> right? gotcha and that's his whole existence right his whole political existence is that people have been trying to get him to run trying to get him to be president trying to get him to be involved so that they can use him because they know how he has no principles he himself has no guiding anything <laughs> except for his own brand, right? His uh-huh. own image. He has no idea, right? He's been flip-flopping on everything since the dawn of time, right? For this, against that, for this, against that. I'm going to give health care to everyone. Now I'm going to repeal Obamacare. Like, he has no idea what's going on, right? Yeah. So he's just there to be this mouthpiece. Why does he hire Paul Manafort? Well, he knew him, but someone else probably made him do that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now he gets pushed out. 
that Paul Manafort's out. Now he gets arrested, right? He gets raided by the FBI. He gets accused of money laundering for the Russians, right? That's his current indictment from Robert Mueller, right? And his buddy, George... Ah, man, I can't believe I can't remember his name, which is probably he's glad about, right? <laughs> but this guy went on to work in the White House, right? And so he was also indicted. So that's an issue because these guys are working for the Russians, but also in the White House. So you got an issue there, right? Yes. Right? And so, and Trump is saying it's a fake story, which he probably believes. It could be that he has no idea what's going on, but it's also irresponsible for him because he doesn't realize it's happening and we need to make sure that it doesn't happen. So there's people, you know, there's this reporter, Fire and Fury, that was able to go into the West Wing for the last 12 months, sit there on a couch. Nobody gave him permission. <laughs> right? It's like, well, how many other Russian spies are floating around the West Wing? You know, it's like... Oh, it's creepy. What kind of security does this place have when a reporter can just sit in there and listen to everything? Yeah. You know? So makes you wonder. Um, but anyway, so my personal thing is that Trump probably doesn't realize that he is being used by the Russians, or at least he doesn't know to what extent, because he's probably arrogant and probably thinks, how could this be, right? Because mm-hmm. these guys are shafty. I mean, as much as Trump is deluding people of America, there's people that delude Trump just as much, right? So, yeah, you know, it's like everybody's susceptible to someone who looks at you with a straight face and tells you something, because why would anybody lie to you, you know? Mm-hmm. That's that's just a fundamental bad thing for someone to do, and so we expect people to tell the truth, you know? So, uh, anyway, so I think that Robert Mueller, who cannot directly indict the president, I believe is the uh, general view, is that you can't arrest the president because that would be crappy you know if you could just arrest the president all the time that would happen all the time because it's a political post and people would just do it you know they'd they'd figure out some reason to arrest the president and arrest him and it would happen like a banana republic you know so you don't want that that's in the constitution that the president you know if he commits a crime okay when he gets out of office through impeachment or the end of term then you try him right that's how it has to happen and that's what happened with nixon Gerald Ford after that, right? He uh, granted immunity to him so he couldn't be charged. That's probably what would happen. The issue here is that if this issue involves Mike Pence, for example, the vice president, the vice president can be arrested. There's nothing that stops that. So Robert Mueller could arrest the uh, vice president, Pence, accuse him of a crime, and then you've got a problem. Mm -hmm. Because now, you know, if then after that, the president is impeached who becomes president now we have this is what we call the constitutional crisis because it may be that some of these things that might happen have not been explicitly laid out in the constitution Mm -hmm. and if it's not explicitly laid out in the constitution then we got to figure it out yeah and then it can be delayed in the courts while lawyers argue over a single word in a sentence political process exactly highly political and that's what you don't want because politics is bad (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> politics is and this is the one thing that's really annoys me about Trump is that politics is so bad and he's making it worse and he's making it something we have to talk about all the time. And it's like politics is so annoying because that's why I so run fungible. away from it. Yeah, it's so fungible. It's just whatever you feel, you know, and 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 whatever you want to argue and you got these people arguing all this nonsense and it's like, you know, if it was rooted more in facts, 
it would be one thing, but it's really a matter of opinion for the, a lot of it, right? It's really, well, what do you, you know, how do you, how badly do you want someone to hurt when they lose their job? How badly do you want some, you know, and it's just, that's an opinion. Yeah. You know, it's like, I would gladly pay 20% more in taxes. Someone's like, what? No, <laughs> I would not do that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, that's a democracy. And the problem is you need compromise in a democracy. You got to say, okay, you know, all right. I'll pay some taxes, okay, but I don't want to pay for that. And you go, okay, all right, let's let's dial it back, and we'll allow a charity to be set up to pay for that thing, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's how it should work. And everybody should be like, okay, cool. Instead of this, I won't pay for that. And like, no, you will pay for that. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like no. It's like okay, they don't want to pay for that. <laughs> so let's get some private interest together. Creative. There's a vacuum for this from the government. Let's have a private thing feel that mm-hmm. there's a way to do that it happens all the time let's not freak out about it <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's like okay we get it <laughs> we got to solve the problem a different way all right you really don't want to um what has been your thoughts on the net neutrality issue? oh geez yeah okay the way i understand it is that we've had net neutrality since the dawn of the internet basically just not codified appropriately i guess you could say so during George Bush's tenure, there was a series of rules put in place under one of the uh, titles of the FCC by George Bush's FCC, George W. Bush's FCC chairman, which basically codified net neutrality. But Verizon, AT&T, a bunch of Comcast, those types sued because they were claiming the FCC did not have authority under those titles to have those net neutrality rules, okay? Because of reasons, right? And (laughs) it turns out the courts agreed. And they said, FCC, you're out of bounds. You're, you know, the 1934 Radio Transmission Act or whatever it was that gave you these this authority did not give you that authority to do this under this title like you claim. That was 2015, something like that where finally there was it sort of resolved. So then there was an issue because, you know, Netflix was famously throttling, uh, sorry, Comcast was famously throttling Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. And Netflix was like, oh, we don't want to pay you more. And Comcast like, pay us more and we'll unthrottle you. Ha ha, you know, you're using more internet, you should pay more, you know, that kind of thing. And um, that was, you know, there was some outrage and then it kind of went away and so on. But anyway, Barack Obama, uh, which is one word, Barack Obama, his FCC uh, chairman at the time, Wheeler, who was, you know, he's he's from the industry. People thought well, he might be just a shill for the corporate interests or whatever. Well, he reclassified the Internet as a, um, uh, whatever they call it, a utility, basically. He just changed what the Internet was, so it was under a different jurisdiction within the FCC, which allowed them then to... It gave them the authority. Now, there were a lot of reasons why people didn't want that to be classified as a utility and a bunch of, you know, mumbo-jumbo reasons. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, we need net neutrality. We need that because otherwise we'll have blah. And we don't want blah because everybody hates cable. (laughs) (laughs) Cable's the worst. It's literally the worst. You got to pay 60 bucks for garbage, you know? Yeah. And it's just... I don't want that. Yeah, I think I have a hundred channels, and there's like four of them that I care about. Yeah, and the reason is because 
you know, if you want stars, it's extra. If you want blah, it's extra. If you want bleh, it's extra. If you want blah, it's extra. That's just to get access to the channel, right? Mm-hmm. And so with the current state of the internet the way it is, is, you could go to any website. And if the website wanted to charge you, they could charge you and you could pay. And that's fine. In my opinion, I want to go to stars.com and then be given the option to pay by them. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to get, you know, have to pay just for the privilege of accessing the website. You know what I mean? Exactly. Before I even determine if I like what I see, you know? So it's like, you know, when you order stars on on cable, you have it and you're like, well, I don't really like, you know, and what do you do? You got to, how do you undo it? So anyway, um, the in, F, in 2016, they reclassified it and made it so that net neutrality was codified by the FCC and uh, prevented this kind of stuff from going on. Well, the uh, Ajit Pai, who's the current FCC chairman, was part of the FCC at that time, and uh, he was one of the guys, and he voted against this, the 2016 thing. So then, of course, elections have consequences. Ajit Pai becomes chairman, and he just, you know, reverses everything and actually gets rid of things that were there in the first place, right? And so now it's even more unregulated than it ever was. Some people will say, well, like, well, it was only net neutrality for a year and the world didn't end and blah, blah, blah. And what about the internet for the... Like, Ajit Pai will say this himself. For 15 years, we didn't have net neutrality. It's like, well, we sort of did, right? But the FCC was doing it wrong. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you know, and in, uh, in Europe, they just past net neutrality, the same thing a year ago, two years ago, something like that, just really codified what the internet was, that it's a free and open thing. So, uh, you know, I think it's, we haven't seen what will happen yet, but um, it's really, I guess, up to Congress at this point. Congress needs to just say what it is and just get rid of this um, current political reversal. This is the thing that bothers me about a lot of the... um, I mean, it doesn't bother me because elections should have consequences and you should be able to reverse things that people do. I mean, that should just be the the way it is. So, you know, it is what it is, but it would be nice if uh, if they didn't do that because we need net neutrality. Well, yeah, because I don't want my internet provider to be able to say, well, if you pay me this amount, then you can have access to your email. And if you pay this extra $9.99, now you can get on Facebook. And right. I, they can't, in my mind, it's too late. We've already experienced the internet as it is. You know, I pay my, I mean, shit, I think it ends up being close to $100 a month because I have a shit co-op right, in the right. little town I live in. Yeah, so no, they require right. me to have a landline that I don't use right? because only telemarketers call it. So the <laughs> ringer's not even on right. on it. You know, yeah, It's no, basically right. just there for dialing 911 in the case of an emergency. Exactly. And, you know, but I don't, I don't like that. I don't that to me that seems like ruthless capitalism. Yeah, right. The the you figured out a new way that you can squeeze regular people for a little bit another, more money more, another couple to be dollars. given for, so that, so now we have to pay more to have what we had before to begin with. Right. Right. And, and so it's it's it just seems like it's too late for that because we've already lived with it. Right. Right. In in you know quote unquote the ideal way. Right. And that I mean and that's really. The, the the question is, is it going to benefit consumers or corporations? Well, consumer groups are not lobbying for it, but corporations are lobbying for it. So, you that's know... That's a big sign right there. Yeah, I mean, that's all you need to know is that it's Verizon, AT&T, Comcast want it, 
but the Internet Freedom Organization of America or whatever. I'm making that up. <laughs> but anyway, the consumer advocates are like, this would be bad for consumer choice. It would be bad for, you know, it would just be bad in general. It would make it more complicated. It would make... There's a bug right there. It would make it more... Uh... I've been watching that thing walk across your windscreen for like the last five minutes. I've been waiting for you to notice him. I almost ate it. <laughs> Freaking box seller bugs. But anyway, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the question is, um, is it going to be good for consumers? And it's probably not. It's just going to be annoying. You know, everybody's already annoyed at how corporations do stuff. Do we want to make it more annoying? No, please no, you know? Yeah. Just let me buy something and use it and not have to worry about some other thing getting in the way. Yeah. I mean, you can't call a corporation a person because a corporation does not act like no, a person. It doesn't have all. the motivations not at all. of an individual. And nope. in, I mean, really, when it comes down to it, the motivations for a corporation make sense. Right. Let's make the corporation bigger. Let's make the corporation better. Let's bring in more money for our stockholders. Yep. But that doesn't fit to an individual level. And no. so, that I mean, that was one of the big problems I had with the, was it uh, Citizens United, Citizens United. Yep. ruling? Is, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That, yeah, it made no sense. It's, it's just, it was just a doorway to darkness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just a, no a, a way to make our system a little bit more, you know, for lack of a better word, I mean, just totally fucked up by the influx of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... It just made it more complicated, okay? So maybe it's good because we need more freedom. And maybe the government was restricting corporations' freedom. And maybe Citizens United made it more free. And maybe that means it's more complicated and less government oversight over speech and what people say. But maybe we also need to be babysat a little bit. You know, maybe we're not great at discerning truth you know maybe there's a reason you know that we're a little bit regulated on who has licenses to transmit things over the radio you know what i mean like maybe there should be a standard that prevents anybody from saying anything with a big enough pocketbook because maybe we're not that good maybe we're not that smart maybe we do need you know that is an open question i don't know because maybe we are smart enough. But then again, we have Donald Trump. So obviously we're not that smart. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, because people legitimately think he's doing a good job right now. <laughs> That's strange to me. <laughs> and it's just factually, it's just not, you know. And he'll say, I passed more bills than Harry Truman or something, which is just, it's not even true. <laughs> you know, it's like, doesn't even make sense. Well, just the amount of things that he comes up that are just, that he says that are just, patently untrue just bold-faced lies right and it's disturbing to me well it's just it's just imagine yourself becoming president right now you go to the white house you're president that's exactly what happened (laughs) you know (laughs) it's it's not even different yeah i mean he went from heading up a reality show to being president yeah a reality tv show and he he didn't change his behavior he didn't modify his behavior no but anyway the point is like you don't you don't know anything about how anything works Mm mm-hmm and there's no, like, you know, orientation for the president in terms of, like, all right, so, you know, in order to get a bill signed law, then he's like, boring, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, you can't do that because of the 1986 act of blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, you can't do that because of this treaty. Oh, you can't call the president of Taiwan because there is no president of Taiwan, you idiot. You know, like, it's just a lot of, like, things that you need to know in order to be good at the job. Yeah. 
and he didn't know anything. And there's no problem with that, in my opinion, other than the fact that people think he does or that he, he thinks he doesn't need to. And it's like, you can't just move the embassy to Jerusalem. That's not how it works. You know, you can't just say move it and then it moves it. You got to like buy land and you got to like secure it and you got to like deal with a whole bunch of stuff before that happens. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's like you can't just withdraw TPP. Mm -hmm. You can't just get out of the Paris Climate Accords, you know. This, like we're still in the Paris Accords for another four years until like we figure out how to untangle ourselves. You know, it's just like these guys are just stupid. <laughs> and that's the only explanation. Yeah. And it's fine. Okay, maybe we need some idiots in there to bang things around every now and then. But okay, <laughs> let's recognize what it is. It's not some brilliant political calculus going on. It just isn't. And he spends most of his time golfing like a third of his presidency was at his resorts golfing and and that's hilarious because he was calling obama the chief vacationer in office and it's like dude you've done this more egregiously than anybody but anyone in history i mean he seems to very much have a do as i say not as i do oh he's a it's a personality it's a you know the term is projection right okay Where where he projects what he his failings onto everyone else you know and that's you know i i i spend every weekend at a golf course Oh, Obama's sitting in it, or, or Obama's sitting in his office reading brief after brief after brief after brief because that's what he likes to do. Trump is off, you know, at a dinner party talking to people, just schmoozing, you know, and it's like, well, okay, you know. The alternative is Obama was hit over and over again for not schmoozing enough, you yeah. know, like he was too intellectual, too professorial, too, you know, annoying with his. I'm going to tell you what's right, you know? And it's like, well, you know, maybe he is right, but I get how that could be annoying too, mm-hmm. you know? Because I annoy people with that all the time. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you got to do some schmoozing. Obama should have done a little more. He would have been more successful in office. Obama apparently never watched TV, which David Axelrod mentioned might have been a problem because he didn't know what people were saying about him, you know? And mm-hmm. so he couldn't defend against it when, you know, so when he gave out, went to talk, in public, he didn't. He couldn't face what people were talking about him because he thought it was a distraction. Mm-hmm. Whereas Trump is vacationing maybe a little too much, right? And maybe he watches a little too much TV. So it's on the. It's too swung to the in, non-intellectual side. Too much in the. I'm just gonna schmooze people and get things done that way. And it, you know, it would be fine if Trump was that way if he had a great team. What I worry about is that he doesn't have a great team. Because I think H.R. McMaster and, and, and uh, what's his name, Mattis are pretty cool folks, right? And I think they know what they're doing. But Kellyanne Conway, I don't think knows Ugh, what she's Betsy doing. DeVos. Betsy DeVos. Well, Betsy DeVos has no idea what she's doing. Ben Jeff Carson, Sessions. Je- well, Jeff Sessions. I mean, Jeff Sessions knows the law. At least he kn- he's, he's qualified in some sense to be attorney general, you know? He just has shit opinions, apparently. Yeah, he's the, just... The don't he's, take into yeah. account like it's like that dude is firmly stuck in the 50s yeah no he's got like. he's got problems but you've got ben carson who has no idea what housing and urban development does he's got no betsy devas has no idea what education is uh apparently she didn't know that what her job is is what it is and she's upset about it and they did a what F-O- did she think her job was going to be 
She thought it was going to give her control over the education system in the country. And she was going to be able to set curriculums and stuff? How terrifying would that have been? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, no, she thought she was going to be able to rule over the education system. (laughs) Like Dolores Umbridge in Hogwarts. (laughs) Yeah, she had no idea it's a super boring job of, like, determining outcomes of policies to see how well the education system is working. Like, she has no idea. That turns out hilarious for me, then. Yeah, no, I mean, this is the problem, is that they, these guys don't know what government is. It's a super boring clerical job. It is not a kingdom where you look like the super powerful, amazing person. It is an ultra-lame super boring <laughs> really necessary thing ultra lame <laughs> yeah i mean honestly like these people that work in government uh just like doing boring stuff because it is interesting to some people but to the trump and kellyanne conway and betsy devos and these folks it's not interesting because these guys are motivated by something else they're not motivated by by public service i mean they just aren't they're motivated by motivated by creating this world that they view it as, you know, they, propagating they, their image of what something should be. Yeah, and they and they like Betsy DeVos is apparently what they call a dominionist, which is this ultra religious person that wants to put God's will into the world, right? And they view the education system as too. Uh, non-christian not you know and they they view it as this great battle between you know which is whatever ridiculous but she thought she was going to become this leader and you know put creationism in all the schools make private charters the wave of the future so that people could put all their kids into private religious schools so that they could get a religious upbringing you know because they view secularism as as toxic to the you know public or whatever do you know what i find insanely ironic about that viewpoint what especially coming from the majority of trump supporters right is that they would find if you pull them about what they think yeah of you know uh sharia law in the middle east yeah of course the same thing yeah it's the same thing with just a different name yeah no so how, how can you support like religion taking over the government in america like that but it's okay because it's christians yeah no right but that's it, exactly right and it, it's crazy to me it's like yeah, no, yeah, this yeah. is the pot and the kettle right. and you people are not seeing the difference it's like well but they do they, they they understand the difference they get the thing they just believe that their god is the god and they just believe well sharia law is stupid because it's based on <laughs> islam right right we don't need that we need the bible right we need we need uh, we need Christian law, right? Uh, to be, you know, and that's not a far fetched thing. It's like if you believe the Bible is the word of God and that it tells you how to live and that it tells you how to live justly, okay, maybe we should teach that. That's not a that's not a crazy thing, but it also kind of is, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, so, especially when they're going to cherry pick and and well, just it, go through and. You know, like the fact that they have so much problem with with homosexual marriage. Yeah, yeah. But how many times have some of these people gotten divorces? It mentions the sin of divorce so many more times. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It's just... I mean, the issue is that you can teach what's in the Bible in a public school. There's no problem with that. You know, that's not the issue. Like, you could take a religious studies course, study the Bible. There's no problem with that. That happens all the time in public schools. Nobody cares about that. But to put the Ten Commandments on the wall, eh, that's a little too much, right? Because that means that you are 
you know, the, the public school system and the America in general is supposed to be freedom of thought, freedom of will. If you want to believe in the Bible, go ahead, but do not, you don't get to then decide that that is how everybody needs to live and believe, right? You don't get to turn it into a Christian nation with crosses everywhere and force everyone to pray and yeah. all this kind of stuff. So, you know, if, in my opinion, if the God of the Bible is the God of the universe and whatever, it should be quite visible. It should be easily, you should, you know, people should, you shouldn't have to argue that. You shouldn't have to force people to believe it by putting crosses everywhere and put it on the wall. You should be able to tell it to them and they go, oh, that's awesome. You know, you don't need to force it. The same mm-hmm. thing with Sharia law. You shouldn't need to force that law on people. You should, you don't, and the whole Sharia law, it's just, it's just Islamic teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing. Christian law, what is that? Hebrew law, you know, Jewish law. It's just, you know, Catholic canon, you know, all this stuff. It's just what are the tenets of the religion? What are things you believe and so on? So it's not like Sharia law is this law that you write down. It's more just a set of what the book is talking. You know, it's, it's just, exactly. Yeah. It's just weird because it's the exact same as Christian law, or you, but we don't call it Christian law necessarily. But it's Coke and Pepsi. Yeah, no, no, it totally <laughs> yeah. is. It totally is. But it's such a great point because you do you want freedom of and from religion in America because that's what makes America great. It is right. That is one of the things that makes America great is right. that you're not gonna you're not supposed to be able to get persecuted for your religious right. choices here. Well, it, Whether your choice is non-religious, you know, like I'm not gonna have any religion at all, right? So, but and and if you if you are a true believer, right, of the Christian faith, and you want to spread that, that's your calling, right? You can do that in America. I have no problem with that. You can tell people what you want to tell, you know. And if they want to join your side, that's should be fine. And if it's the truth, it should be easy to sell, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that that's just that's the the way that people need to look at religion in America is not to try to force it onto people but to try to sell it to people and if people want to join you they can join you but once you start doing this forcing stuff or trying to subvert public education in terms of or in favor of a christian uh you know charter school that's that's a little bit you know i'm not a big fan of that but one of my main things that i believe is that criticism makes everybody better in a way right and that if you if you force everybody to believe in the Christian faith, what if you're wrong about how you interpreted it? What if you're King Trump and you made everyone do this? And what if, like, that's not quite right? How do you how do you know that that's, you know? So if I'm a true believer, I want to be challenged in my faith. I want to be questioned. I want to be like, oh, yeah, good point. Let me figure that out. And then the more I get tested, the stronger my faith gets, right? And that's the whole, if you force everybody to believe something, you'll never test yourself. You'll never be tested. Your faith will never be tested. You'll never get stronger. You'll never become, you know. So if you try to control everybody's thoughts, then you weaken the whole thing, right? And and then you run into the problem of, well, what's Russia going to do in 10 years when Vladimir Putin dies, right? I mean, he's 65 years old or something like that. He's got 10 years before he looks like a potato, you know, (laughs) and 10 years before he can't walk, you know, so that we're talking 20 years 
what happens to Russia? That's a big deal, right? Yeah. It's a major deal. And so this is why America is so great is because, and same with Europe and everything, the way we've set the system up is that people come in and go. And people come in and go. Yeah. And as long as we can keep having that, then we're not going to have this issue where it's a chaotic transition of power, right? This is the great thing about America is the peaceful transition of power, mm-hmm. right? That's such a big deal because humans are complete morons. And there's <laughs> like people view the White House and the presidency as like this thing that's in stone. No, that guy can just, you know, <laughs> decide whatever and not have a peaceful transition of power. He could totally do that. You know, if you have bad faith actors, people that don't care and lie and cheat and do whatever without consequence, none of it matters, right? So you need to have people running for the presidency who believe in the presidency and what it's supposed to do. Because if he doesn't, he could break the whole system, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's really what you... So that's really kind of the most dangerous thing about the Trump presidency. That's what people worried about him, was Mm -hmm. that he didn't respect what the presidency is. He doesn't know the rules of the game, and he's a known cheater. And if he cheats to win, what's he going to do to bend the rules? What's he going to do to, you know, how far are people going to let him get away with it? Because he doesn't respect the boundaries. This commission, this voter fraud commission, he he shut it down after they sued him, and the court said, you got to turn over the documents. So they just shut it down, and they're refusing to turn over the documents. And it's like, you can't just ignore a court order, you know? Like, I mean, you can. Who's going to stop him? Nobody. Well, yeah. I mean, especially if he's got this protection where he can't be prosecuted at the moment, then... Nobody's going to stop him. So that's why you don't want someone like President Trump, who does whatever he wants, does whatever it takes, goes to whatever length. I mean, that's a a concerning personality. Because you don't need that to be a successful president. People think that you need, you know, like, well, Obama didn't blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, you can't force a cat to do anything, right? Mm-hmm. And humans are like cats. So you, The only thing you can do is do what people want you to do. And that's what the presidency is. It's a management <laughs> position, and you're managing the country, and you're supposed to do what most people want you to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what you're stuck doing. You know, uh-huh. that you don't want someone that is going to do what 30% of the country wants you to do. That's not a good president. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's what we're stuck with is that he's just doing what the 30% that elected him want him to do. Or not elected him, but continue to support him. <laughs> um, so before we did this recording, I had posted... And, um, well, first off, um, kind of a large contingent of my listeners are in this group called the Leftover Army. Okay. And it, that the Leftover Army started is, it's, um, it's basically like big super fans of this other pop culture podcast called Pop Culture Leftovers. Okay. And, um, so these, these people are awesome. I've, I've had a lot of people from the army, like on as guests on my show. And, uh, so I, I put up a question in this closed Facebook group and I asked, if people had questions for you. Okay. And people came through with a lot of questions. <laughs> and I've shared some of those with you. Did you want to dive into some of those? Absolutely. So the first one I get in right away is from Eric Wade, who I've had on the show before. Okay. Uh, Eric's awesome. Uh, he works in IT. Funny guy. Super smart, too. Perfect. And so he comes up with, how close are we to laser swords? Oh, laser swords. Uh, probably not very close. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and also, like, truly, if you had a laser sword, 
how, how do they clash? Wouldn't they, I mean, it's light. Wouldn't they just go right through each other? My guess is you'd need some sort of plasma, right? It would okay. probably be more like a plasma sword. And it would have to utilize, I don't know, maybe gluons or something, like the strong force that could... I don't even know if that makes any sense, but... <laughs> but not close. Yeah, not close. <laughs> Uh, uh, Joe Vitale, who's one of the, the co-hosts on the Supercast, his question was, uh, what are the odds a lab accident turns you into the atom? Oh, that gets greater every day. Um, <laughs> probably more likely I'm going to get mesothelium and die, though. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, there's a fun fact here. Uh, a guy I know, Sam, he works on Atlas, which is a the competing experiment to CMS at CERN. Okay. So CERN, the collider in Geneva, Switzerland, 300 feet underground, it's 15 mile circumference ring, right? And on opposite sides of the rings, there's two massive experiments that are the sizes of caverns, right? Or they're in caverns, but they're the sizes of cathedrals, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Massive, massive things. It's like a giant digital camera, right? It's a massive digital camera. He works on Atlas, I work on CMS. Um, we both graduated from Bettendorf High School, so it's kind of a weird thing. We're both from Iowa. He lives in Scandinavia now, um, I think Stockholm, and uh, uh, works for Alice, and I'm still here in Iowa. But uh, I was talking to him one time, and he was mentioning that he was worried that, you know, before he worked at on Atlas, he worked on an experiment called DAISY in Germany, and he was worried that, you know, he was crawling all over this detector which had been running for a long time and when something gets running when you've been running a collider experiment for a while parts of it get called activated because they absorb energy from all these collisions and over time that energy gets discharged from photons or whatever it's gamma radiation it's just that's what when some something's radioactive it has excess energy that it's trying to get rid of so it's more stable and so he was worried that he was crawling around this activated detector, right? And he was worried that he was going to get um, on his badge. Everybody that works in physics experiments like this, they wear radiation badges that measure how much radiation they're exposed to. Mm-hmm. You usually put one on in the middle of your chest somewhere there. Um, I try to put it like on my belt near my crotch just to <laughs> see. What... <laughs> uh, but anyway, the every week or every month or something like that, you turn them in, they measure it, and they just make sure that your dose is below the limits regulated by the health agencies. So uh, he turned his in, and he was worried because he doesn't normally crawl around this thing. He thought, oh, dear, I'm going to get a big dose this month, and this is going to be a big problem. I better be ready for it. I might not have to work for the rest of the year. I might have to hide, you know. Well, it turned out he got dosed even lower than normal when just walking around on the surface of the earth because we're exposed to so much radiation every day from natural sources above ground. And when you're working on a collider experiment, when you're designing it, you want to put these things underground, under shielding, so that the Events you're looking at are only the collider events that you're creating. You don't want background radiation from the environment leaking into your detector, putting noise everywhere, right? That's why it's underground, right? That's why it's underground. So this experiment he was crawling around on was underground, and it was shielding him from the regular 
environment. And it turns out even on this activated thing, he was exposed to less radiation than he would have been had he been just walking around. So he turned in his dosimeter every week above ground. And then when he turned it in when he was underground, bloop, it dropped down. He's like, well, how about that? <laughs> I'm safer crawling around underground on this radioactive thing than just my daily life eating bananas or whatever, you know? Sure. So, um, fun fact. Okay, so speaking of, like, you know, experiments taking place underground, yeah. to make it, is, is it the measurement of neutrinos where they put it really far down? Yeah, right. Okay. because yeah, neutrinos definitely don't interact with matter, so you could put... Um, a neutrino all the way through the earth and it wouldn't even... It doesn't even slow down, right? doesn't slow down, doesn't interact because what it, what it really is in particle and field theory is the percentage of hitting something. What's the percentage of it? What's the cross-section? What's the chances that you're going to run into something? Um, the strength of the field is proportional to the probability that you'll interact with something, right? So a neutrino will go right through the earth and uh, will not hit anything, right? That's so wild. Yeah. Every... Super now and then it'll hit something. And so the neutrino experiments are like super massive tubs of water, for example. That's what I saw. I saw in a documentary, and it might have been in Japan. It's it was Japan. way underground. It yep. looked like it had these lights yep. all around it. And the, at the base, it was like a pool. Yep. And so someone was in like a little inflatable rowboat talking yep. about this is how we measure neutrinos. Yeah. So basically, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a giant cube filled with water in the middle of a mountain. Right, and then there's photo detectors everywhere. There's hundreds of them on each side of the cube, and when a neutrino goes through, when it hits something, it'll create flashes of light. Right, ultimately, and those flashes of light will hit specific photo detectors because bloop, they'll travel in a specific trajectory, and you'll see a cone, or you'll see a, a you know, certain trajectories, and then you can reconstruct the collision. And based on that, you can figure out what the neutrino was and measure its energy and that kind of stuff. But anyway, uh, neutrino experiments, yeah, they're totally weird. But my point is I'm probably less likely to become Adam. Is that what it was? Yeah, the Adam. Yeah, I'm probably less likely to become the Adam than a regular person walking around on the radioactive Earth. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so this one comes from Jacob Harmon, and he says, Mythbusters was a hit, though the reboot is trash. NGD's Cosmos was also trash compared to the original. I disagree. But anyway, uh, what does he think is a viable TV show concept that would be successful, entertaining, educational, and would inspire people to get into science and who would host it? Yeah, that's actually a super good question because unfortunately I do agree. I was a little disappointed with Neil deGrasse Tyson's reboot, not because I thought it was bad, but I thought it wasn't sciencey enough. I didn't think it did a good job conveying science. I thought it did a, it was a beautiful show. I thought it did some cool stuff, but um and I loved the little cartoons. I thought that was brilliant. Uh-huh. But um you know, I thought it was okay. I guess it was like the last Jedi. It was fine. You know? <laughs> it was okay. It was fine. You know, it was a good job. It was a good effort, you know, and it did some good and Great visuals, but I thought it was a little too visual, in fact. I thought it was a little too cheesy. I thought it was a little too abstract, and I didn't think it brought science into realness, you know? And uh, Bill Nye, the science the Bill Nye, the science guy's Netflix thing, I won't even watch. Cause was, I, I tried it, and I couldn't get into it. Yeah. And I liked Bill Nye when I was younger, but yeah. I was watching this one, and I was like, what? 
Yeah, it's weird. It, 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 it's it, weird. It had a weird feel to it. Yeah, so we've got an issue. <laughs> and I loved Neil deGrasse Tyson and Cosmos. Uh, my wife and I have watched that yep. loads of times. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. so easy when it's on Netflix. Yeah, right, right. But then he's got another show that's on Netflix where he's, it was like seemingly not edited well enough. Whereas like, um, maybe have some cue cards for this guy or something yeah, like that. But, yeah. but I don't know. I like Neil deGrasse Tyson. So. Yeah, I think he's fine. Um, I think... Part of it is, you know, when you, if you've ever tried to do anything, you know, it's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> to do anything, it's really hard. So, my, I mean, my, the way I look at Neil deGrasse Tyson is he's just not um, into doing a great job. <laughs> you know, like he doesn't, he's got too much going on that he does an okay job, but he's not doing a great job, you know? or I mean, he, I think he's doing a great job, in fact, but... Is it amazing? No, it doesn't get to that point. So your question of of who would, of what kind of sh- what was it again? Who wh- like what would be the ideal show to promote science and who would host it? Yeah. Um, okay. Have you seen any Nova shows on PBS? Yes, I have. Nova's. I think Nova does a great job, and I think um, there's your vacuum. The problem with Nova is they're a little boring. And they're a little too long, in my opinion. Okay. Um, there's a guy named Veritasium. Veritasium. Okay, Veritasium. I don't know if I've heard of that one. He's on YouTube. He's a YouTube guy. He's got a channel. His videos, while maybe not super well produced, are really good. Okay. They're really short, they're really compelling, and they're really cool. And he touches on some really interesting topics. You have to send me a link for that because I yeah. definitely want to watch those. Veritasium, I think it's V-E-R-A-T, Vera, T A S I U M, something like that. If you Google close enough to that, you'll find it. It'll uh-huh. fix it. <laughs> but huh. um, anyway, is he playing off like a little bit of Latin there for truth? Or? I have no idea what <laughs> Veritas what, is truth and Latin. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I guess that's truthiness is his his Latin <laughs> truthiness. Um, but anyway, it's a good. It's good. And mm-hmm. it, it seems, I mean, it's really accurate and it's, it's a good, um, he does a good job. So anyway, I think there's that. The problem is it's not a national syndicated thing like Cosmos was on Fox. I mean, I yeah. actually watched Cosmos on Fox every time it was broadcast. It was the only time I've watched like a broadcast show in years because I was so excited about it. Um, because people that are into science like that want to feel like religious people do, right? <laughs> they want to feel wonder and awe and go, wow, and all this amazing stuff. And for them, it's science that does that. And, you know, there isn't that in the, the public sphere right now. Like, there's not a lot. I think um, Br- Brian Green does a good job. He's on Colbert Report a lot. But they're like two, three, four, five minutes. You know, it's not quite a good... It's too short. It's too yeah. short, and it doesn't get into... So there, I think there's a definite need for that. I don't know who that would be, because I don't think it's Neil deGrasse Tyson. I think he and Bill Nye are both polarizing people, because I think they're condescending. And like, it doesn't bother me, because he's right. <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> but the ways... Yeah. And Jacob, he, 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 um, he said something else in here that was more or less he was saying that. That yeah. he, he feels like Neil deGrasse Tyson can be condescending, and yeah. so that puts people he's off. He's not a good... Yeah, totally. He's not a good uh, communicator in terms of bringing more people in. Like Carl Sagan, I think, was really good at it. Eh, he could be condescending, too. But he was more of a, you know... And that's the original Cosmos, right? But um, And and 
Carl Sagan was also more of a poet than Neil deGrasse Tyson. Like, Carl Sagan could make you feel mm-hmm. a little more. He was more of a cult figure. Neil deGrasse Tyson, he's a nice guy, super smart, does a good job, but he's not that uh, charismatic, um, you know, wonder maker like Carl Sagan was. So who, who could be that? I don't know. There isn't someone right now that I think of. It's kind of like our... Uh, presidency there's not you know it was like like hillary clinton or donald trump really yeah those were both (laughs) awful choices yeah you know it's like (laughs) come on guys (laughs) you got this whole country but you know i think it's capitalism too it's all the brilliant people are doing other things yeah you know and whatever okay elon musk is busy yeah elon musk is busy. he doesn't want to focus on a tv show sorry guys you know he's trying to put his car in orbit around mars (laughs) he doesn't want the super lame government job because he knows what's really involved yeah exactly (laughs) so anyway uh jacob Harmon also asks what piece of science fiction tech do you think we will have next oh i think flying cars i think flying cars are really close um, because they have them. <laughs> no shit? Yeah, there's this company that makes these... They're like mini Harrier jets. Oh, okay. Have you seen these? Yeah, so the Harrier jets have basically got like a turbine engine that is able to rotate. Yeah, and they take off vertically and then fly away. Yeah. And uh, there's this company in Europe, I think it's Germany, that have built what they... The, the, way they're, the market that they're trying to use are people to go from Manhattan to LaGuardia. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they want to have a, a series of these things along the river that you go down, pay 50 bucks, and it flies you over to the airport, but it can just take off vertically, fly you over, and drop you down. And then you get out, and it takes you 15 minutes versus two hours to drive through traffic, right? Oh, nice. And uh, so the tech is there. I've seen them. They show them on their website, and they've done tests and everything, and they're these little tiny jet cars that just take off vertically and fly away over and land Mm -hmm. so i think uh i think flying cars is probably our next because it's a what's a flying car it's a tiny plane yeah and so uh, you know if they can get this jet this vertical jet stuff cheap enough and you know with composites and carbon fiber is super light you don't need as much power they're working on a solar powered one so that you know you don't need uh to use fuel Mm-hmm. So, uh, and not, I don't know if it's solar powered, but it's a battery powered. It's not uh, a sure. renewable source of some kind. But uh, anyway, so, you know, I think mm-hmm. that's probably our next sci fi. Is that that's sci fi, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I think flying cars. I mean, that that's huge staple of sci fi, flying cars. Yep. For me, the thought with that has always been people can't handle driving cars. No, it's a mess. Yeah. It, on a road, oh, on a oh, two-dimensional okay. surface, and you want to add in up and down. Yeah, no, no. no. So, okay, so you, uh, okay. The interesting thing is, flying planes is very much automated. It's a hundred percent autopilot. If you want, you program your waypoints and hit go, and boom, all you need to do is basic takeoff and landing. But even landing, it can you can do ILS, you know, auto landing. Um, so the technology is there and it's really easy to do with a computer because there's no other things you have to worry about hitting because air traffic control tells you when to take off and your flight plan, they know, and they just keep people out of your way. So, because you have to schedule your flight plan. So in principle, we've had auto piloting, auto flying cars for, you know, 20 years. The issue is that when you're flying, when you're flying in space, you don't have to worry about a kid running out in front of you, you know. Yeah. And so that's the issue with auto driving cars is that you have to manage a lot more crap getting in the way of you, you know. Like 
in my opinion, we're going to have auto-driving cars on the highway in no time because, uh, you know, just a couple more years, you should have the option of engaging auto-drive on the highway Mm -hmm. because uh, that's easy. Yeah, and they've already got that in some of the Tesla models. Tesla has an auto, what do they call it? Do they call it an autopilot? It's something I've I've heard other people on podcasts that have those cars talk about them. Yeah, and but just, I'm not familiar. It just enough with stays it. in the lane and maintains the distance between you and the car in front of you. Yeah, right? and that's that's easy, right? As long as nobody does anything crazy or a brick doesn't fly through your windshield, then that's easy. And so I think that'll proliferate quickly, uh, very soon, because highway driving is also the most dangerous. Because mm-hmm. when an accident does happen, you're screwed. But a computer can respond to what's going on a lot faster than you can because most people aren't trained. I mean, if a human was trained like, oh, that guy's crashing ahead, I should do this, and they had practice, we could totally do it. Yeah. The problem is we don't practice for that. We're not all stunt stunt drivers. Yeah. And so when it happens, (laughs) we're like, oh, God, I'm going to do, I don't know, it's random. (laughs) I'm going to hit this button and turn the wheel this way and and you end up with an issue. Whereas computers... You can run it a lot and go like, okay, when this happens, you do this. When this happens, you do this. And when this happens, you do this. It's already programmed. Mm-hmm. And so when when you start to see 20 miles down the road, well, maybe not 20 miles, maybe 20, 100 feet, 2,000 feet down the road, you start to see something happen, which your computer and your car can see before you do, then you go, oh, and the federal government has dictated that cars need to be able to talk to each other, I think, starting now. In 2018 or something like that, they need to have a mechanism to listen to what other cars tell them. And so that's already in cars right now. Mm-hmm. And so my guess is that in a couple of years, when an accident starts to happen, you're not going to have a pileup because cars... Cars coming down the road are going to know about it yeah. and they'll have already... Slow yeah. down. Yeah. And the and you'll be like, why is my car slowing down? And it's like, okay, there must be an accident ahead of time. Or like, boop, boop, warning, there's an accident. So... Um, the, you know, the issue with that is that the government can just stop your car whenever they want, right? And maybe you do need to drive through the government, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're, we're quickly moving towards that world where, you know, that's a, if things are too automated, then that means someone can control them. So if you maintain the system so that only cars can talk to each other and not some other third party, then it's okay. Yeah. Right? Then keep it like that. So you got the government assassinating dissenters and yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> we need you to neutralize his vehicle. You know, you don't yeah. want... Run it off the road into yeah. a tree or some yeah, shit. Yeah, you don't want that. So anyway, um, I do think driving cars is next, too. Oh, self-driving, nice. Self-driving cars. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kevin Shanks asks, what are your favorite depictions of science slash physics in TV or movies? Oh, uh, obviously, Star Wars does a great job with gravity. No, Star Wars does a great, a terrible job with gravity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't like seeing those bombs wiggling and then dropping out? Yeah, right, as if they were on Earth. <laughs> it's um, like if I can if I can shut my brain off enough to just be like, okay, yes, there's the Force and there's all these different aliens and stuff. Then I didn't let that bother me in Last yeah, Jedi. Course, if right. I wanted to be critical, I could pick apart every single one of the sure, Star Wars films, sure, sure, but sure. I choose not you to. Know, of course, I mean, gravity is just. <laughs> The number one thing. I mean, a spaceship is not going to look like a plane mm-hmm. with an up and a down because there is no up and down in space. Yeah, you know, you just that just isn't a concept that exists. But here's all these star destroyers that are, you know, they've got up and down and, <laughs> you know, and everybody's walking around as if it's on gravity. Okay, maybe they figure something out, but probably not. That's not 
something we will probably be able to do. You know, like it yeah. just physically might not be possible. Or like the asteroid field scene yeah, in, in Empire. Yeah. It's like, you know, space is so big. They're really not close like that is, okay. is kind of what I've been told. That is true. But to the credit, I believe that's right after it was exploded. Wasn't Alderaan blown up and they flew no, that, to it? No, that was in A New Hope. I'm okay. talking in Empire when they are escaping Hoth right at the beginning. Oh, and right. And then the Millennium Falcon goes into that asteroid field. That's right. That's right. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah. They're, unless, yeah, unless a planet exploded previously there. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> because then everything would still be clustered fairly close. And yeah. Because like the asteroid belt in, in a solar system, when you've got stars and planets, asteroids are left over from the formations of planets. They're mm-hmm. things that didn't clump together enough remnants you know anytime you build a house you got a pile of garbage somewhere right Mm -hmm. and so that's our asteroid belt's a pile of garbage but yeah you would not you could nasa does not even consider the asteroid belt when they send a probe into space because the odds of you hitting one are so low you could fly through it not you know if you're at one you wouldn't even see another one yeah you just wouldn't be able to they're so far apart so yeah i mean yeah and our asteroid belt is pretty much there because of jupiter's immense gravitational yeah, I think, effect, right? I think Jupiter shepherds them a little bit. Yeah, and there's 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 the asteroid belt, and then there's like the Trojans and the Hildas, and so basically, you know, whenever you've got a gravity gravitational bodies, you've got what are called Lagrange points. Um, there's something called the L five Society, which everybody should go join. It's a uh, it's a <laughs> never heard of, of that. It's a group of people that want to put a space station at the L five point, which is um, they're gravitationally stable points between the earth and the sun so if you put something there it will stay there and it won't move and so if you put something at the l5 point uh i mean they won't move with respect to the earth and the sun system Mm -hmm. so if you put um a space station at uh the l5 point it'll trail earth at the l5 point and the thought is that earth will consume all the asteroids and then you could safely live at your space station at l5 and uh, and be out of harm's way from asteroids or other things like that. Uh, but um, what else am I saying about that? I think that's it. Anyway, Jupiter has <laughs> an L5 of its own, right? And uh, it has a leading and a trailing gravitationally stable spot, and then one opposite of it on the other side of the its orbit where there's collections of asteroids in those areas too. Mm-hmm. So Jupiter does mess with stuff with its gravity. I think Jupiter is the reason why the sun's magnetic field flips every 11 years or something. You got the sun, the sun cycle, uh-huh. it's a 22 year sunspot cycle where the sun has lots of sunspots, no sunspots, lots of sunspots, no sunspots oscillates like that between minimum maxima every 11 years. It goes between a minimum maxima. Anyway, the question is why? Well, the magnetic field in the sun flips. Why? Because the core stops spinning and gets all gooey and flips and goes the other way. And that rotating wow, core that's is what, crazy when you consider the yeah. scale right. that that would take place on. Like, yeah, yeah. A massive core spinning, generating a magnetic field. And when that core stops, the magnetic field dies. And then you get sunspots, right? Because you don't have this uniform field keeping the surface of the sun straight. Uh, so anyway, Jupiter and Saturn, it's thought, there's a 22-year orbit right there, um, that the interaction of Jupiter and Saturn, when they both get on, for example, the same side of the sun or opposite sides of the sun or some other combination, they're pulling on the sun with their own gravity, right? And mm-hmm. they're so massive that they can influence, you know, uh, the... That's incredible. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think that's pretty well accepted now. I'm not sure. That's a pretty new idea. So it could still be 
not the case, but I think that was, I've just read a paper recently about that, that there's evidence that the Jupiter and Saturn's orbit are what caused the sun to freak out a little bit and perturb its core and, and create this, the sun cycle that we see. That is too cool. Yeah, because the question is, why does the sun's core stop turning and flip around, right? Something causes uh-huh. it. So, there you go. Um, Adam Cornett asked, how close are we to being able to become invisible? Also, can people actually get superpowers? <laughs> uh, well, it depends what you mean by a superpower. But an invisibility cloak, okay, all you need is a screen and a camera. Right. Yeah, I've seen some documentaries on this right now where yeah. it's real similar to like the Predator's armor. Yeah. Kind of. Well, you've seen an octopus, right? Uh-huh. Completely blend into its surroundings, which is like... Change its shape, its color, how everything. the hell does that work? That That's crazy. Like, I watch that every time and I go, no, that should not. How is it's it amazing. Even, how does it even know to make its arm look like... Like a piece of coral yeah. or something, and all of a sudden it just starts moving. Yeah, it's like, it's 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 unbelievable, because how does the octopus itself know? Because even if I could be like, I want to look like a red wall, uh, I would have to be able to tell every single cell in my body what color it should be. Mm-hmm. How, how does that work? You know, unless the cells themselves decided... You know, each cell like seemingly has its own way to tell these things, right? Like, yeah, right. And so, you know, there's some experiments to try to figure out how an octopus is doing this, um, but it's totally mind blowing. But if we can figure out how an octopus does it, then we're done. Now, an octopus is basically, you know, each one of those cells is an RGB pixel, right? That can choose a color to be, and then mm-hmm. it it chooses that color and then blends into the surrounding. So, you know. I think it's LG that's working on flexible, foldable, organic LED displays, you know? Okay. That you can roll up and crumple and fold and then... It's amazing future tech. Yeah, it's just very thin LED panels. And if you could just make that and put a camera in it and then, you know, say I want to blend it. The way I look at it is like you could create a really easy tool uh, to become invisible. Just put a TV right in front of you take a picture of the surroundings behind you with everything in it, use Photoshop and take a brush tool and say, fix this, and it will blur you away and hide you. With the, the t- Have you seen the Photoshop tools? Like, if you want to erase... It's been, it's been years since I was able to play in Photoshop just because I'm priced out of owning it. Yeah, right, of course. So, basically, um, it has a tool. Let's say you took a picture of someone in a field, and there's this, like light post off to the side that's really bothering you well you just take this brush tool it's like a band-aid tool or whatever brush over that uh lamp post and it will sample the rest of the image and maybe take one side of the image and flip it over to the other side and kind of randomize it a little bit mm-hmm. oh kind of like a clone and replace yeah and it'll completely disappear the the lamp as if it's not even there and you won't even be able to tell the difference mm-hmm. like you can't even tell and so that's all you need to do is to create a screen. Uh, you know, obviously, if someone gets close enough to you, it ruins it. So will you ever be able to get invisible enough that someone can be right next to you? Maybe, you know, if you're against a wall or a corner or something like that. But if you can have the processing, which we already do, to take a sampling of the surroundings around you and display that on this... Like, could you hide among 
a very obvious background? Probably not. You would need to be in trees or against books or against something with a with some sort of randomness. Yeah. You know, something where you could blend into the randomness. But if you were like in a completely uh yeah, if you were in a room with like a gray wall and you were had to blend in with that wall using a screen, it would probably be obvious that something's different here, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe a normal person might walk right past it and not even notice it, and that might be good enough. But if you're giving it scrutiny, it might be a little bit more difficult. Yeah, so I don't know if we'll ever be able to be invisible enough to that level, but I think we're really close to using a screen to hide us, mm-hmm. you know, and okay, the army doesn't want to be walking around with TVs, right, to try to hide themselves. But if your screen is a cloth that's pretty flexible, yeah, then you can just hide right behind that, just like in Harry Potter. Right? Yeah, I was just going to say like the, like an invisibility cloak. Yeah, and, that's, and what is an invisibility cloak? It's a screen that's very thin. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have the technology to make thin screens like that. The question is, do we do we have the technology to put the processing in to take a picture and immediately, you know, calculate like the octopus does how to hide it or whatever? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So I think we do have the technology now. It's a probably in the army's lab somewhere. <laughs> this one's kind of funny. Benjamin Thomas wants to know the Mandela effect. What's up with that? What is that? I have no clue. Is that the? <laughs> let me let me look it up. I've heard of it. Uh, Mandela effect. It's a theory of parallel universes based on the idea that because large groups of people have similar alternative memories about past events. What? Okay, is that where, like, like a whole bunch of people... Oh, okay, so would that have been, like, when I was little, I called it the Berenstein, or the Berenstein Bears. Oh, yeah, and everybody... And, and they're like, no, it's it's Berenstein. Yeah. And it's always been Berenstein. It's like, I don't remember ever calling it that. I yeah. think that's what it is. Everybody called it Berenstein Bears, though. Right. <laughs> I mean, I did, too. <laughs> Curious incidents, which many of us are certain we remember something a particular way, but it turns out we're incorrect. Oh... Yeah, so that would have been that, right? That would have been an example of that. That's an example of that. Um, It's also... um, uh, Yeah. I don't know. I don't think there's anything really weird about that. I think it's just... (laughs) People don't like to check facts, and when someone says something and it reaches a certain threshold, you just go with it. Ah, exactly. <laughs> and, and then that's good enough, you know, and nobody corrects you because <laughs> nobody cares. You know, my first thought that came into my head was all the pigeons or the seagulls in Finding Nemo. One starts with mine, <laughs> and then they're all doing it. Yeah. And so it's like that. But yeah, okay. Yep. <laughs> of yep. course, that's the way and I'm going to look and at it. And if someone pronounces it Berenstein Bears, you're like, okay, well, it's not Baron Stain Bears, you know? It's just just the way it is, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's... I think our brains are really actually not designed for good truth-finding. They're good for survival. Yeah. And that's... If you, if you view everything in that way, then it makes a lot of sense <laughs> that your brain is only telling you what you need to survive. Yeah. And, uh, you know... Some of that stuff you don't need 
you know, you don't necessarily need truth to survive. Yeah, that's why where eyewitness testimony can be so shady. Well, that's a great example because you don't want to rely on that because I misremember things all the time. Uh, Not on purpose, but I'll be like, no, 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 I did that. Oh, wait, no, I didn't. You know, it's like you kind of create, you fill in the gaps and when you weren't paying attention and then you try to make sense of what you did based on who you think you are and then you're like, yeah, I would have done that. And you're like, well, no, I didn't. I totally didn't. Sorry. Memory can be a weird thing, right? Yeah, right. So that's why it's good to have contemporaneous notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Vitale's got another great one. Uh, He's a total trekker. Also, and so he's saying, which Star Trek technology will occur first, transporter, warp speed, or androids? Androids. That was my thought too, because yeah. there's also there's already like a transhumanist movement where people oh, are yeah. starting to graft, you know, technology into themselves. And- totally. No, and and uh, warp speed probably will never happen, uh, and transporters probably will never happen. Um, only because I mean, I try to imagine being a god and like being able to do anything like if you could mm-hmm. like if we could understand the laws of physics well enough then we could hack anything and we could make the world do anything we want but there are part of understanding the laws of physics is that they're laws you know it's it's the way it is so the way i look at it because whenever I say we'll never be able to travel faster than the speed of light, people will always say, that's what they said about breaking the sound barrier. And it's like, well, it's a little bit different because the sound barrier, things broke. It was physically possible. We saw it happen when missiles and guns and meteors fall back to Earth, right? We know that things can. It's physically possible. People that said we never could were doubting the engineering of it, that we could never Mm -hmm. engineer it. When you, when I say I don't think we'll ever be able to break the speed of light barrier, it's not because I don't think, I, it's not because I doubt our engineering capabilities. Because nothing in the universe has it shown itself to do that yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen that, and the fact that we have seen black holes proves that the speed of light does have a limit, right? And yeah. So, otherwise, they wouldn't be black holes. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, so in my opinion, I think we're stuck where we are in the universe, and that's it. So my, my understanding of breaking the speed of light, according to Einstein, was that to, as you approach, approach the speed of light, you increase in mass, and therefore you must increase the energy that it takes to push that mass faster. Right. And it becomes a never ending cycle. Yeah, of course. Where you're never gonna be able to achieve enough energy because the mass is constantly going to be That's right. Gaining. Yeah, your momentum goes up, your inertia goes up and in order to keep pushing you faster, faster, you need more and more energy and one of those things got to give at some point. Have you um, heard of the concept of like creating like a wave in space where it's like you're not necessarily moving yourself faster, but you're like propagating a wave and this wave is what's pushing you through yeah. the, the, you know, the fabric of space time? Right. No, there's a lot of tricks that people are trying to figure out to mm-hmm. navigate. Well, okay. Cause it all comes down to space time, right? This Einsteinian notion, um, that, uh, there's four dimensions, space and time, and they're linked, yes. right? And uh, if you draw a space-time diagram where time is one of the axes and space is the other axis, and you ignore the other two space axes and just look at you traveling in one dimension, then 
the if you start at zero zero on that axis and you just hit go and you don't move, you will move along the time axis, mm-hmm. right? But if you start to move in any direction in space, the fastest you could possibly move from one point to another point in space is not a straight line, right? You're at an angle, and that angle is 45 degrees if you're a photon, because that's the speed of light. Mm-hmm. And that's to go from A to B is the speed of light times time. That's your distance. That's as fast as you can go. You'll never be able to go from point A to point B on the same space instantly. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's where this speed of light issue comes into play of trying to go from one spot of the universe to the other spot is because, well, you can't go from there to there. Now, the other thing with Einstein is that he said that that space-time diagram isn't actually straight lines. When you get in the gravitational field, the position line is curved, right? And time is curved, and so... Due to, gravita- due to gravity. Yeah, gravity causes this warping of space-time, and that's what he calls gravity is, is this result of mass warping space and time, and gravity is this effect that, you know, when you travel through a curved space, it makes your trajectories do weird things. Mm-hmm. So a black hole is when those space-time trajectories get super warped, and light can't get out of get off of one of its curves and it ends up going into a black hole. So then people are like, okay, well, if you just curve it in the right way, bing, bing, bong, 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 then maybe we can jump from this point in the universe right over to another point in the universe. Like fold space travel or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Event Take, horizon stuff? Yeah, just bend <laughs> space time enough to create a wormhole, right? Or bend space time enough to jump from here to here, and they're like, well, that's what black holes are. They're just portals to other parts of the universe, right? And all this stuff, they're just, they're, you know, uh, that's probably not what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, and we probably will never be able to warp space time in a way that can be useful to us. The only reason I say that is because gravity is such a weak force that. You know, those hypothetical warp drives that fly on, you know, warpings of space or whatever, they're imagining some extra energy that they have in order to create that warping. Mm-hmm. Where is that going to come from? You know, like we got to put a nuclear bomb that's constantly blowing off, you know, on our back to, mm-hmm. you know, get us going. Well, doesn't or, the Enterprise run on antimatter? Yeah, right? You know, like... It's 100% efficient, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Probably not. What what was the question again? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Androids. Definitely androids. Androids we can do. That would be something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. uh, Vitaly also asks, are we dangerously close to sentient AI? Oh, I think so. Elon Musk said that we are summoning the demon, which is goddamn creepy from an insanely smart person. Yeah. uh, Definitely. Yeah, no, I think, well, because humans are terrible, right? So AI should be terrible and powerful. I mean, my worry about AI is that you can make a machine that's super amazing, way better than humans, right? Mm -hmm. And then who are we? (laughs) We've just created a better version of ourselves, and they're going to enslave us. (laughs) (laughs) So, <laughs> but ultimately find out that we're too unruly to be enslaved. Yeah. So they might as well just exterminate us. Yeah. Well, because what do we do with computers? We make them do things that we're not good at. Mm-hmm. That's what we put computers to do. I don't want to calculate this crap. Here, 
I'm going to program you to calculate it for me because that's a lot easier. And then we sit in our chairs and we watch TV all day while the computer works, right? Mm -hmm. It has no emotion, right? Our failing is our emotion. I don't want to. I don't, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's like our human thing. And that's, uh, what's that movie uh, with the little robot Disney movie? Wally. Wally, right? That's <laughs> definitely gonna happen. Yeah, humans are just gonna be like <laughs> on the suspenser around. chairs when we turn into slugs that yeah, can't just, even move. Just sit and watch TV all day. Well, entertain us. Blah, 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 blah. Well, what's life about then? You know, like what's the whole point if you're not struggling in some way, right? Right. Yeah, because through adversity and through struggle, that's when you can have these moments of triumph. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have to get you've got to go through the gauntlet, right? You don't want to just be in this perfect bubble. I think about this all the time because I want to get a remote start in my car. <laughs> and I'm like, can I really not put up with 10 seconds of discomfort? <laughs> I used to have it. It was incredible. It's great, right? <laughs> Especially my, in Iowa. Yeah, I mean, you want it. I want it. I just cuz I want to be comfortable all the time right (laughs) so it's just like that's how we survive though that's our drive yeah like look for comfort because comfort is safe and comfort will help you survive so that's in us right of course it should be um but what's also in us is ability to overcome struggle and to recognize struggle and to you know so it's it's really interesting because we're programming ai to do everything that we want Mm-hmm. but none of the stuff that we need or whatever. So you could get an AI that doesn't have those things like we do. There's, uh, what's that poem? Um, that man can make tanks and man can make missiles and man can make whatever. The problem is man can think, right? And so you can't make someone launch every missile and you can't make, you know, because they'll think for themselves. or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember that. But a robot... Just do this. Yeah, because if you haven't programmed in some sort of moral code, it's, yeah. it, it has no, it, a robot has no need for a moral no, code. No, it doesn't need to. No. It's they just they truly live in a world of black and white. Yeah. 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 And, and that's like um, Isaac Asimov's with his rules. Those laws need to be programmed. Yes. And if they can be programmed, then you can be okay. But you could totally imagine some guys like, nah, <laughs> we don't need those laws in this robot, you know? He's like, fuck that, I want a T-1000. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you can totally imagine, you know. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's a good one. Uh, Abraham, Matthew, and I'm going to slaughter your last name here, dude. Uh, Let me look at it. Abraham, Matthew, Ayalore. Okay, I bet James did that way better than me. I don't know. That could be just Ilora. I don't know. <laughs> he says, I've heard CERN can get crazy hot, like really crazy hot. How do they achieve it, and how do they contain it or even measure such temperatures, or is oh. it just for a really small time, like nine nanoseconds? Yeah, so CERN is billed as the hottest, coldest, emptiest, most dense place in the universe. <laughs> okay, uh... So it has to be very empty in the in the tubes to accelerate the particles because if the protons hit something along the way, that's annoying, right? So uh-huh. you're trying to get them up to 99.99% the speed of light, you got to put them in a tube that's super evacuated, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, like your bowels after eating a Taco Bell, right? Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. Okay, so anyway. Uh, <laughs> hey, physics and poop jokes. Yeah, Come on. evacuate those bowels. So anyway, um, you need... 
empty pipes. Okay, so it's emptier than outer space there. It's also、mm-hmm. colder than outer space because the temperature of space is about two point seven degrees Kelvin, something like that. Two point three, two point seven. I can't remember. But one point nine Kelvin is the temperature of the solenoids in order to get them to be superconducting. Uh, okay. To get the energies of the magnets high enough to accelerate the particles fast enough,、uh, so、um, that's colder than outer space. Liquid、uh, helium, I believe it is. Then, because、uh, in space helium isn't in a liquid, right?、Um, then you have、uh, that. So that's the emptiest and the coldest. Oops.、Mm-hmm. Then, when the particles collide, boom, 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 boom. In those collisions, momentarily, you have the hottest and the most densest things occurring in the universe, right?、Mm-hmm. And the reason is because you know, even in the sun, it's super hot, super dense, but not that hot, not that dense compared to the Big Bang or what we think of as the Big Bang, the epic of the Big Bang. So、uh, the thing is, is those particles when they collide, it collides every twenty-five nanoseconds. Okay, that's forty、uh, million times a second. Holy shit! There's a collision, and it runs for a year nonstop, right? Oh、so、wow! It's a constant. Those are crazy numbers to try and wrap your you mind、can't. around. You just can't. Yeah, you can try, but you can't. So, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so those those collisions.、Um, that's that's yeah. That's when those collisions happen. It's super hot, super dense. Now the issue is, it's such a small volume that it's not a dangerous. Hot thing, and you won't get you won't heat up the detector. You're not gonna feel that heat because it's so quick. Yeah, you know, and such a short time, like you said, it's a short time, small volume, and in that tiny, tiny volume where the collisions happen, that at that moment, that's where it's hot and dense. But it immediately disappears, basically,、mm-hmm. and、uh, immediately interacts with the environment outside of it, and then goes、mm-hmm. away. So. It's perfectly safe. Okay, so they're having forty million collisions per second. Yes, and that runs for a year. Years, yeah, nonstop. How do you guys go through and comb through that much data? Most of it, you immediately throw away. Okay. So the the, you know, that's forty megahertz. That that rate.、Mm-hmm. Um, we have gigahertz processors in our desktop computers, right? So a lot of the electronics on the detector. Are processing that data data faster than forty million times a second, right? Okay, and it's immediately determining if an event is interesting or not. And we've studied physics up to most energy scales in the past. So if any event doesn't have a specific energy above a certain amount, you know, for example, if your muon doesn't have enough energy in it. Then we don't care about muons with energies less than blah, right?、Mm-hmm. And so it immediately throw away, throw away forty, thirty nine point nine million events every every time. There's you know you save thousands of events, you know,、mm-hmm. out of millions. So, yeah, it's okay. That makes onboard, sense. The onboard there's something called the level one trigger, and the level one trigger is the first thing that makes a decision. It's this first decision immediately, like、uh, do we keep this event or not? And、uh, it's all software, and it's all automatic, and it's. Blah, 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 Immediately throwing stuff away. Then there's later processing that throws even more away, and then later and later and later. And so the level one trigger determines the, the very basic amount of decision information.、It、says, okay, this is probably an interesting event. Save that, and then we've got more time to determine if the next, if it really is, and then it's filtered by after that. So okay, awesome. Yep. yep. So computers. <laughs> 
Okay, and then we've got a question from uh, Brian, who is the host of Pop Culture Leftovers. He wants to know, what do you think of the television show The Big Bang Theory, being that you are a physicist? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a fun show. <laughs> um, it is funny because the general uh, thought of a physicist is that they're a little bit on the spectrum, right? And that they're a little bit uh, weird or nerdy or whatever. And that show tends to play into that stereotype. And I think, um, you know, that that's kind of the case because, I, I don't know, I guess that's kind of how, I don't know how true that is in real life. Because people like Einstein and Richard Feynman and Enrico Fermi and the, the greatest minds in physics were perfectly normal, likable people and so i imagine that if you want to be a successful person you have to have a multi-dimensional personality right and you uh -huh. have to be smart and thoughtful and know how to interact with people a little bit <laughs> and i think that i think traditionally science fields are less bullying than other fields and so they're more welcoming to people that have less social skills and so that's why i think we have this kind of idea that nerds are you know not sociable or whatever and i think it's it's uh not true necessarily so i think it's i think it's a little stereotypical the show i think it's funny um i don't watch it that much i've never watched a full episode i've seen clips mm -hmm. but i heard discussions of this show before i actually watched it mm -hmm. like I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan experience and he has lots of comedians on. Yeah. And anytime that show is discussed between comedians, especially when he has ones on that I really respect their craft. Right. And when they're like, oh, this show is shit, then it's like, it colors my perspective colors before so I even got it. into yeah, it. Right, right, right. And, and also it's like anymore, I just, I don't have very much time for yeah, television. Like, and so it's shows. like, I'm not going to waste my time watching a mindless sitcom, even though a large amount of Americans love the shit out of the show. I, yeah, I, 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 I've been colored on it now and I can't, right. I can't go into it. Yeah. yeah no. And, and I mean, that's what it, it is. A silly sitcom at the end of the day, the perks are that they do work with a real physicist who does vet everything they talk about. So everything in the show is real physics, and every well, equation cool. on the board is a real equation. And uh, one of the projects I did was 3D print a uh, model of the detector. Oh, dude, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, so I one of the models I made is on the set somewhere in the background of, of Bernadette's <laughs> apartment or something like that. So they are constantly being sent stuff by Fermilab and uh, other physicist groups and labs, and a lot of their props are from various labs like that so in the sense of it is a sitcom and it's a story of these characters but the physics is real so in terms of letting people know and giving them terms like superconducting and lasers and cern and cork gluon plasma and the strong <laughs> force and monte carlo simulations and the open science grid and all these things at least they're talking about it and they have some context in the greater. So while it's a silly sitcom for young and old people and not middle working folks that don't have a lot of time, you know, but uh, it's a it's a fun show that is, I think it has a positive impact on people versus mm -hmm. other like the Kardashians or something. Yeah, yeah, it's right. got to be better. Anything's better. In, 
Uh, okay, I don't want to make too big of a blanket statement, so I'll just shorten it down to anything's better than reality TV that that goes to the lowest common denominator. Well, the problem with reality TV is if you ever try to film one, you know how crappy they are. <laughs> like, you know that, like, this is just the lowest effort possible yeah. to produce something. Just film me, pretend to be outraged, and edit it together in a, you know, yeah. it's, it's the laziest form of of entertainment yeah i heard this one comedian talking and he one of the first jobs he had he worked for a reality show and he managed people that would go through hours of tape and make timestamp notes on when people were making certain facial expressions when they said certain things of course, because just... they're not giving you a chronological look of what happened no, of course not it, they're, they're calling it a reality show but yeah exactly it's just a story it's just drama gossip story blah yeah. garbage you know my wife always watches the bachelor and the bachelorette mm-hmm. same and, thing and same every thing. season there's there's okay the one girl that he's going to be having the hots for the most is the one that they're going to try and make controversial. Right, exactly. And stuff. And, and my kids have even picked up on it. Oh, like yeah. when we were watching it the other night, <laughs> well, Lindsay's watching it. I'm reading a comic. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, uh, of course. Joe's now watching it out not, there. Not yeah, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm, li- I'm listening. Yeah, of course. You know? But yeah. really, I'm, I'm But reading. he's got his comic book as cover. <laughs> Indeed. Really, I'm reading Paper Girls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, my nine-year-old comes in the room and he's like, ooh, which one's the evil woman? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, you've watched enough of it, you know the the story and how it's all, yeah. and it's all, you know, it's a entertainment, it's a story, it's a, people shouldn't take it too seriously, you know, and the <laughs> unfortunate thing is people take it really seriously, and they're like, oh, but she was being blah, it's like, don't try to rationalize it, it's all made up, like, there's no logic here, like, yeah. <laughs> they're trying to create a logic that you're trying to understand, but it is just a show that they're trying to make interesting because otherwise it's probably boring if what really happened was shown to you, you know? So it has to be yeah. interesting, otherwise it wouldn't be on TV. Otherwise yep. we wouldn't watch it. If it doesn't generate ad revenue, it's not going to be on the air. Yeah, of so. course. So, you know, you got to make it interesting. So, <laughs> But, you know, it's a fiction. Yeah. If people, it's same thing like WWE. Okay, if you're really going to try and say that it's real, no, it's just a story. It's just fiction. It's just entertainment. It, it's, you know, it's excitement. It's mm-hmm. comic books. Yeah. It's fiction. You know, you're just <laughs> enjoying a story, you know? Don't yeah. think it's real, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Right, yeah, yeah, right. So, you know. <laughs> but that's the same thing with the Kardashians. It's just, they're telling you a story. It's not their real lives, right? They're telling you a story. Okay. They call it reality TV, but it's not really, you know, it's the same. It's just mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> so anyway, Big Bang Theory, great show, positive, fine. Not, I don't watch it because, like you, probably I just have to make choices about what I spend my time on. And that's just something I haven't, you know, dedicated time to. Not, I don't watch a lot of TV at all, so mm-hmm. it's not like I'm picking one over the other. But um, yeah, what did I just watch? There's one show I just watched. It's on Netflix. Shoot. Netflix has some good stuff. It does. I love Netflix. Yeah. Um, I just got a new TV where it's a smart one, where it's actually got it got in it there. Built in. So there's a Netflix button on my remote. Cool. And I mean, it's a little it's a little clunky. Yeah, right. No, I hate no. those built-in software crap. I mean, it is nice, but at the same time, I, I used it for like a week, and then I was like, I'm going to plug my Chromecast yeah, in this, this anyway. Yeah, really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> That's the same thing. I've got an Apple TV up there, and and the t- the TV has it built in, and it's just awful. I'm not gonna use that. <laughs> Who let this through 
quality control. <laughs> um, no, what was that? It was really good. Was it like a documentary or something with a no, plot? No, it, or? it was a show show on Netflix. Um, I don't know. They got a lot I of them. I totally dude. binged it, too. <laughs> um, it's not House of Cards. Um, it was... I don't remember. Shoot. <laughs> That's a anyway. great way to leave it. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, go to Netflix and tell us what you like. <laughs> and maybe it'll jog my memory. That's hilarious. Yeah. It was so good, I forgot all about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it can go sometimes when you binge those shows, though. Yep. It's like you you absorb it all so much that it's like your brain really didn't have time to store it anywhere. Yeah, right. And it's so it's like you enjoyed it while it was happening, and then it's like, you know, in gone. one ear, out the other yeah. type deal almost. Gone. <laughs> I do like Peaky Blinders. Have you seen that one? I've heard very good things about that's a, it. That's a great show. The Peaky Blinders. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Dude, I appreciate you taking out the time Absolutely. to do another one of these. This is the third time on. I think it's the third time, yeah. Yeah. So you are officially the third person to ha- the first person to have three full episodes uh, all to you. How take about that? that. Take that world. <laughs> if I had my way, we'd do these once a month. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, we should do another one that's science and not politics, maybe. Okay. Maybe you- things have calmed down in the Okay, maybe that'll be our promise to the listeners. Me and yeah. James will get together again, hopefully in you know maybe a month or mo- a month or so and and we'll do more of a science one we won't we won't we <laughs> but you know what right now we have I, to talk about it it, it yeah, needs yeah. to be talked about because yeah. it's too strange yeah yeah in in it's yeah. also very annoying and i would like to not live in this world <laughs> this timeline is disturbed <laughs> this time is we're living in interesting times is yeah. the way that i keep putting it yeah. because yeah I, wow Yep. I think we're going to be good. I think people need to stop making money and run for office. You know, instead of chasing the dollar, you got to chase the higher calling. Yeah. I think that's going to be, I think finally people are like, okay, I got to serve my country and we're going to get a a lot of good people moving into public office rather than letting someone else handle it because the crazies are in charge right now. Indeed. And maybe as a result of that, that then we're going to see some more, you know, civil action where where people really stand up and say, Whoa, this has gotten way too weird. Let's, let's do something about this. We we can't allow this to happen. I mean, there's like news reports of the rocks going to run in 2020 and shit like that. And it's like, he doesn't know anything about it either. Right. Right. No, but, but, and the thing is like, I just hope that, um, People, I mean, I'm a big centrist, I guess, and a lot of people make fun of me for that. Like, I'll have people on the left, like, "Oh, you're too nice to Republicans," and it's like, okay. And then Republicans, like, "Why well, are you liberal freaks?" And it's like, you're both idiots. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're both, both bothering me. Stop it. You're, you're both like impeding the whole process exactly. by being so exactly. thick-skulled. Exactly. So yeah. yeah. But then again, I called Trump the C-word right at the beginning of the episode. That's true. (laughs) The way I put it is I I do this all the time. I'll defend, you know, defend someone. And then, like, let's say I'm talking to a Democrat and I'm defending a Republican. I'll be like, blah, 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 blah. Except Trump, that he sucks. Like <laughs> my niceness does not apply to him because he's such a jerk. You know, yeah, he yeah. doesn't deserve any sympathy. <laughs> so, uh, any other final thoughts? God bless America. 
Indeed. <laughs> I'm I, you know, I can say that we can have this conversation, right? This is true. And I don't worry about anything. There's a lot of places in the world where, you know, you know. we might put this on the internet in the middle of the night. I'm going to have some people in ski masks kicking down my door yeah. and dragging me out for putting this stuff on. Exactly. You know, so. for everybody to hear it. So, I mean, that is the beautiful thing about America is that mm-hmm. we can have these open discourses like this and the yep. free exchange of ideas yep. and whatnot. And, and I hope that this is just a dark time that we're going through. I think it is. And we're going to see that political pendulum swing back the other way. The phoenix shall rise from the ashes. <laughs> we can hope, right? Yeah, right. It's just the thing that bums me out about it is I'm only going to be alive like 70 years, you know, more. And, you know, if it takes 10 years of garbage and then 10 years to rebuild. And it's like, okay, I get 10 years of good, you know? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's kind of like, I want a nice airport to go to now, you know? Like, let's get this stuff going. I'm tired of driving over the I-74 bridge. Like, let's build this thing, you know? <laughs> Damn right. So, anyway. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been StartCast. Adios. If you have any questions or comments on what you just heard, you can email me at startcastpod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Tubby Ninja, or you can check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash startcastpod. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>